This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to the third annual MMA End of Year Roundtable. I've got some great journalists from Toronto in the house. Toronto, a hotbed for MMA journalists. We've got Adam Martin of BJPen.com, MMAOddsBreaker.com. Adam, thanks for joining us. Oh, Aaron, us. glad to be back, man. We did it last year. It was awesome. I'm glad to be back this year. Alexander K. Lee of MMAFighting.com. I cannot wait to start this third year in a row. Let's let's go. To Matt Carsandu, formerly of ESPN and MMAJunkie.com, now with the PFL social media team, digital yeah, team. Absolutely. Glad to be back. Uh, glad to spend some time with the ex-colleagues, but good friends. We need the uh, British accent also. It raises the class quotient absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah, here, here. For sure. And for making his debut on the roundtable, uh, Danny Austin, not here this year. He was uh, He's with Post Media, but we've got uh, Nick Baldwin of thescore.com uh, joining us as well. Thanks for having me, Aaron. I appreciate it. Welcome aboard. All right, so I'm going to recap last year. I was listening to oh, it earlier no. today, and that's always the most fun part where we oh, see no. where we went wrong. So last year we had fighter of the year was Daniel Cormier, newcomer of the year Israel Adesonia. Uh, who we want to see in the UFC in 2019? So uh, we had Chamatkar said uh, Kayla Harrison. Hmm. We have uh, Danny, who's not here. He said Ben Askren, who had already signed with the UFC, so he was just excited, I guess, to see him. Uh, you had said Ray Cooper and uh, oh. Nathan Schultz. Um, Alex had said women's anthem, uh, Adam Waits, rather. And I had said uh, Robin Van Roosmullen, who got signed to Bellator. So none of us uh, got, fished our wish in terms of who we would see in the UFC in 2019. Except was probably glad Danny, that uh, Kayla stayed in PFL. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted the, the headliner to go. Yeah. Easy, absolutely. Uh, fight most looking forward to in 2019. Uh, Danny, again, had selected one that had already been announced in a Cain Velasquez versus Francis Ngannou. Uh, Alex selected Paul Daly versus Michael Page, which had not yet been announced. I don't believe. Oh no, it had. It was in Uncasville, <laughs> Connecticut, so that one had been announced as well, uh, which is fine. It was, there was no criteria that said you had to predict an, an out of nowhere one. Uh, Sandu uh, DC versus Jones three never came into fruition. Uh, I must have jinxed it again when I said Khabib versus Tony, <laughs> um, which will again be my answer this year, which I, I'm sure will not come into fruition. But here's hoping. And uh, Adam had uh, Askren versus Lawler, which had also been announced. Uh, so uh, champions. Here's who we guessed would be the champions. Uh, women's strawweight, nobody guessed uh, Zhang Veili, which uh, is obviously not a surprise. She was 2-0 and at the time. Um, myself, Adam, and Danny had uh, guessed Jessica Andrade. Uh, Rose was the champion at the time. Uh, Alex had uh, Rose, and uh, Sandu had uh, Tatiana Suarez. And had she not gotten injured, maybe she would have gotten the shot instead so of uh, Zhang. Yeah. So uh, a lot of good answers because Andrade did end up winning the title but wasn't able to hold on to it. Uh, flyweight, everybody predicted Shevchenko. But Adam predicted the next two challengers out of nowhere would be Ian Carmouche. Got oh, wait, both of them right. <laughs> awesome. I was shocked. I was listening to it. I was like, wow, okay, Adam got it. All I'm right. cut now. And uh, bantamweight division, uh, everyone predicted Nunez. Adam also predicted that Holly Holm would face her. And Danny predicted it would be during International Fight Week as the co-main event. So <laughs> lots of good predictions there. Uh, featherweight division, myself and Alex were the only ones with faith in Amanda Nunez beating Cyborg because that fight had not happened when we recorded the show last year. Everyone else thought Cyborg would be the champion at this time next year. She's actually no longer in the UFC. Uh, flyweight division, uh, Danny guessed uh, it would be TJ Dillashaw. Alex guessed Davis and Figueredo. Sandu, the only one who guessed Henry Zahudo, so he's the only one that. who uh, gets a check mark. <laughs> and myself and Adam, uh, Joseph Benavidez. Mm. We were on the same page for a lot of these, Adam. Uh, Bantamweight, everyone predicted that it would be TJ Dillashaw at this time. All of us wrong. <laughs> Not right now. Uh, an active fighter in the UFC due to being suspended by USADA. If, if someone had predicted that he'd be suspended by USADA, I'd be like, wow, okay, you guys, uh, <laughs> you guys know more than, uh, than, than us. Um, featherweight division. Uh, Adam predicted. It would, oh, sorry. Let me let me preface this. All of us predicted different people 
with the caveat that if Max Holloway moved up, this is who it would be. Um, and of course, Max didn't move up and is not the champion. Um, and nobody picked Vol- Volkanovski. Uh, spoiler alert. Adam picked Hanato Moicano. <laughs> Alex, Frankie Edgar, so somewhat close because he actually got a title shot. Uh, Danny and Sandu predicted Aldo. And I predicted Zabit. So uh, I might be the closest right now. He's probably, he's yeah. probably next in line, or, or at least up there. I'm sure Max will probably get the immediate rematch, but Zabit's in the mix. Uh, lightweight division. I predicted Tony Ferguson. Everybody else predicted Khabib. Uh, welterweight. Adam, the only one who predicted Kamaru Usman, really? would be the uh, champion at this time of, of the year. Everyone else predicted that Tyron Woodley would hold the title. Uh, middleweight division. Adam predicted uh, Israel Adesonia, as did Sandu. So they're both correct. I predicted Kelvin Gastelum. Danny predicted uh, Paulo Costa. Adam predicted Robert Whittaker. Uh, light heavy. Uh, you guys. <laughs> Sorry. Did you get me twice there? I thought. It... Yeah, what did I say for middleweight? Uh, you said uh, Whittaker. Oh, um, you got yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, light heavyweight division. Alex predicted Gustafson. Uh, everyone else oh. predicted Jones, <laughs> and Adam predicted uh, Anthony Smith should Jones vacate the title, which didn't end up happening yeah. in case Jones moved up to heavyweight. Uh, heavyweight division. Myself, Danny, and Alex picked Stipe. Uh, Sandu picked Jones, and Adam also picked Jones. So didn't he didn't end up moving to heavyweight. Hot takes. One-star hot oh, takes. All right. So Danny predicted a more stable year for the UFC, so that, you know, no dollies going through windows, and the next generation emerging. That, those are both, you know, pretty solid predictions, uh, albeit vague. Alex, for his one-star prediction, predicted that Randy Couture would return to fight in MMA. <laughs> Uh, that wasn't really on nobody's radar. Sandu, who might have had privileged information here, I, I'm not going to call you out, said that ESPN Plus would add another MMA promotion. And Sandu <laughs> happens to work at, for at the PFL. At that time, I swear to God, I did not know that they would have the PFL sure. network. Yeah, okay. Fine. Uh, I guess we'll believe you, maybe. Uh, Adam, uh, UFC, introduces a 165-pound division. No. Didn't happen. Aaron Cormier does not retire in March. I don't know. A little Barry Horowitz action. Uh, Two-star. Predictions. Danny predicts that Connor does not fight in 2019, as did Alex, so both of those uh, were correct. Mm. Uh, Sandu predicted the UFC in Hawaii. Uh, Adam predicted GSP versus McGregor. And I predicted that the flyweight division would stick around. Remember, at the time, there were like five <laughs> fighters in the division, so another one. I got my one and star, two star predictions correct. Uh, three star predictions. Danny said that one championship would have a breakout year and that Aldo would potentially fight there. I, I don't know if either of those are true. Uh, although, if you ask them, they had 90 million people <laughs> watching uh, their event uh, just on YouTube. Uh, I'm making those numbers up. But that's, uh, not, you know, saying that they also make their numbers up, which uh, I think is hard to dispute. Uh, Alex said that uh, Dana White no longer the president of the UFC at the end of the year. Again, these are three-star hot takes. These are like the, the, the most fire of fire hot takes. Uh, Sandu, the UFC, introduces a 165-pound weight class, which is Adam's one-star and your three-star. Uh, Adam, the UFC, releases Tyron Woodley, <laughs> and that might happen soon. Yeah, he's not taking uh, fights. Yeah. And uh, I, um, I predicted that Viacom would sell Bellator, so that didn't happen either. Although I think they got moved, like, something happened with uh, the ownership is now CBS. shifted somewhere to CBS or something like that, so... There we go. Those I just want to say, that I was take, the recap. I take pride in any of my uh, takes that didn't come true. I'm actually mad that I got one correctly because... Uh, I, I was saying this to Nick the other day. If your if your takes happened, then your take wasn't bold enough. It wasn't hot enough. And yeah. I, want to, I want you to keep that in mind when we make our takes later, because I got some spicy ones this year. Ooh. I got some spicy ones, and I I, I hope none of them come true. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, so we've got fight of the year. Let's let's kick it off with that. We'll go around the table and uh, pick our fights of the year. Might be a consensus, might not, but I'm going to start with you, Adam. 
Yeah, there was a few that were on my radar here. Oh, sorry. Before you start, uh, we're going to stick with the UFC for yeah, most of course. these. If you have an honorable mention and an outside promotion, feel free to throw it in there. But uh, let's uh, go with you. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no worries. You know, I actually circled three, but I'm only going to mention one because I want to give the other guys a chance to say theirs. Although I think we actually might be on the same page with this one. But for me, got to be UFC Fight Night Vancouver, Tristan Conley against Michelle Pereira, man. That was my favorite fight of the year in the UFC. Just a really fun fight. Tristan Conley, a massive underdog, comes in on short notice. Against uh, the much bigger fighter in Pereira, misses weight. Uh, Pereira comes out with this crazy walkout, dancing, uh, goes with these crazy kicks at the beginning of the fight, gasses out, Conley wins in front of the home crowd in his UFC debut. Amazing fight. He won $100,000 for that fight in the bonuses. An incredible fight. That would be my pick. There's a couple other ones that I have on the radar, but I want to hear what other people have to say. All right, Alex. When you said obvious pick, I well now now I don't want to say the one that I thought we were going to say was obvious. So I'm going to leave it to one of these two guys, oh. and it, because if we're just going favorites, uh, one of my favorite I had I loved uh, people probably laugh. I loved Damian Maya and Ben Askren at uh, UFC Singapore. Yeah, it was a fun one. I just want to say, a lot of it was on the feet, which I think some people thought could happen because oh you know two grapplers go up against each other, and I think I must have tweeted this out during the fight. I was like, oh my goodness, Damian Maya is going to knock Ben Askren out. And how amazing would that have been? Because Maya like kind of has workable kickboxing, and you kind of saw it in the fight. He was definitely outstriking him. It did, it did end on the ground after some uh, some fun scrambling, you know. So we did get to see their grappling as well, and then with uh, Maya choking Askren out, and, and uh, that being the end of Askren's career. But what, what a memorable three fight UFC run for Askren, and what a great win mm. for Maya. So personally, for me, that was my favorite. I, I don't know if it was the best, but I, I assume one of these two gentlemen will will say. Uh, what I think it was. All right, Otherwise, I'll throw it at the well, end. Well, now I feel pressure. I'm like, yeah. Hopefully, what I'm about to say is Don't the, be wrong. Obvi- Don't the be obvious wrong. one. There are wrong answers. Um, for me, it's Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum. Um, I thought when Adesanya fought Silva, it was kind of like the passing of the torch. But this was the litmus test. This was, okay, how good are you? Are you the absolute elite, the best of the best in the division? Uh, and Kelvin Gastelum was a fantastic measuring stick. The fight was just fantastic back and forth you just didn't know which way it was going to go until Adesanya eventually poured it on Gaslam um, to secure the title um, and for me that was the fight of the year Nick yeah I agree with Sandu I think that's probably the obvious choice I think you you, you know the uh, Askren Maya fight was really fun the Connolly fight was a big surprise but as far as the back and forth action to me it's Izzy and Gaslam. Um as Sandu said this was Israel's real first test and we saw that like he got tagged and his stock rose in this fight because he was able to survive that. He, you know, Gaspin had a lot of good success in that fight, and Izzy uh, was able to bounce back and, and recover and end up getting the win. Um, and I think what made this so exciting as well was that this was on the card of Pori and Holloway, and everyone was talking about that going in as the potential fight of the year candidate. No one really thought this would be as exciting as it was, so... Um, Izzy and Gaston was the best fight of the year. And that kind of overshadowed how good Max versus Poirier was. was that great. was still a good fight. Great yeah. fight. Yeah. Um, I'm with you guys. I'm with Israel versus Gaston. I remember watching it and being like, that might be the best fight I've ever seen. Mm, like That was fight. an amazing fight. And I've gone back and watched it and it holds up. Um, so, I mean, you guys made great points as to why it was uh, a good fight. You know, I, I had always said, if Gaston fights Israel... That's not a great matchup for Israel because of the wrestling. I th- and I, I thought that Gastelum is also a very good striker. And he showed that. And I think he showed that in the fight um, by how uh, how much he hung in there against Israel and how close it was. I mean, it was uh, basically even going into the fifth round. Um, but I also thought if Israel wins this fight, he's going to be the new champion. He's going to beat Whitaker. And uh, he did that, and then he went on to beat Whitaker and uh, had a, a fantastic year. Uh, Adam, were you going to chime in? Yeah, no, great picks. Great picks. Uh, there's a couple other ones I want to mention. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Paulo Costa versus Joel Romero. Amazing mm-hmm. fight. We didn't mention that one. Uh, and then if you go down like uh, on prelim fights, 
Brad Riddle versus Jamie Malarkey. Yeah, that was a great fight. The last round. Yeah, just nuts. one of the best fights like nuts. of the year. Insane fight. And a fight that no one will talk about, but I love this fight. Deron Wynn versus Eric Spicely. Like, the amount of strikes they threw in this fight was insane. So, it was, it, you know what? I think it was more of a year of knockouts. Like, if we, I don't, I don't know if we're doing the best knockout, but there were so many good knockouts. But for fights, I think we've all brought up some really good ones. I feel like we don't need to do best knockout no. because Masvidal knocking up Ben Askren, I think, so, yeah. I think is like the easy What about one. Uh, um, Valentina versus Jessica? That's that was great. a great one. Yeah. yeah. But, and, I mean, uh, the Ben Askren one. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, Ben Askren was undefeated. It was just basically everything that went into that yeah, knockout, fastest I Fastest knockout ever, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, I do think uh, Edison yeah, and Gaston was the best fight. And, and as for the reason you guys said, really... Uh, I saw people, by the way, when I say I saw people, I mean, uh, say, I, I'm usually referring to uh, dumb comments from the MMA fighting comment section, but sometimes people have takes like, oh, uh, uh, Israel was exposed in this fight. He couldn't even outstrike Gastelum like a wrestler or something, or he couldn't dominate him in the striking. And I was had the absolute opposite take, which was like, like you guys said, he showed he could fight through adversity. Because people have been saying before that, oh, he can cruise to this guy, he can cruise to this guy. Anyone can cruise through, you know, on their way to the top. What do they do when they deal with adversity? Man, he faced a ton of adversity in that fight. And that's when I knew. I, I was already kind of on the Izzy bandwagon, and that's when I was like, He's going to beat Whitaker. He's definitely going to beat Whitaker when they fight. And Gastelum, after the fact, said, uh, I'm not making any excuses, but I was like 40% going to that fight. But, you know, okay. <laughs> lots of fighters say that. Um, so, uh, fighter of the year. Um, why don't you go ahead, Adam? Okay. Or should we go in reverse order? Yeah, go in Let's reverse. go in reverse order. Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. So, my fight of the year um, is the man we just spoke about, Israel Adesanya. Um, I, I think it's kind of a two-man race between him and Jorge Masvidal. So I'm imagining one of the next four will will say Masvidal. I think Adesanya gets the the slight edge just because he did walk away with the title. Um, I I compared the three wins they both had, and Israel was just a sl- slightly more impressive. I mean, Robert Whitaker was a man that I said going into 2019, this guy was going to be champion for a long time, and obviously Adesanya proved me wrong. Um, I just thought the win over Anderson Silva was really was pretty impressive. The Gaslam win was, of course. You know, ridiculously impressive. And then Whitaker, I felt, was one of the best performances I've seen in a very long time. So, to me, fighter of the year is Israel Adesanya. All right, Sandu. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's 1A and 1B, in my opinion, Israel uh, and Jorge Masvidal. For me, it's Jorge. For someone that didn't fight at all in in 2018, to come back. uh, I remember I was, you know, working for ESPN at the time, and I interviewed him before the the fight against Till in in London. Um, And he just kind of looked so focused and you know re-energized and even then he was talking about my goal is to get that UFC championship belt you know I, you know I can't sleep at night until I get that title who would have thought he would have gone on the run that he did you know knocking out Till in London you have that backstage incident with Leon Edwards that just goes viral um, you know with the moniker of uh, three piece and a soda he knocks out Ben Askren in the fastest knockout in UFC history and beats a man who was undefeated. Uh, you know, that, that, that's incredible in itself in one of the biggest events and moments of the year in, in the UFC. And then he caps the year off by having uh, a main event title fight, the BMF championship against one of the biggest draws in the business in Nate Diaz in the Mecca in Madison Square Garden um, and so when you kind of look at performances the stage of his career you know I look at things like you know how he moved the needle outside of the sport bringing brand new eyeballs to the UFC for me it's all him as all day long all right Alex yeah uh, I agree top two guys but I've got to lean towards uh, Edison yeah, as well I mean Anderson Silva Calvin Gaslam Robert Whitaker that's a heck of a year uh, the way he beat Whitaker was so emphatic. Uh, I, I finally feel like, you know, it's unfortunate because Whitaker had, had, has been hampered by injury so much. I finally feel like we do have that kind of 
uh, heir apparent at, the, at, at middleweight. I feel like this guy could be the next Anderson Silva, as it were. With respect, again, Michael Bisping, Ed Rockhold, all the guys in between. I think Edisonia is the guy to be the star at 185. Uh, I'm a little biased towards him because I was so probably not a fan of his in his first couple of fights. Not, not this, I just didn't buy into the hype. Nothing to do with like I didn't like his personality or anything like that. So when, I, when I'm won over like that, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to lean towards someone like that more. So I think he won me over. I think he won a lot of people over. And even uh, those of us who don't care for like anime or uh, whatever other stuff that this, this uh, powerful nerd is into, uh, I think can appreciate his, his charisma and his, uh, his fighting ability. All right, Adam. Yeah, 181B for those two guys. Let me throw an honorable mention, honorable mention here. Alex Volkanovsky. Beat Jose Aldo, beat Max Holloway, the top mm-hmm. two featherweights of all time. you got to mention him. And I think Henry Cejudo is worth mentioning as well. Beat uh, TJ Delshaw in seconds and then crumbled Marlon Marais as well. So he had a good year. But, yeah, I mean, it's got to be either Adesanya or Basel. Neither one is the wrong answer. Now, I picked Israel. And you mentioned Volkanovsky. Last year, when everybody was making their Fighter of the Year selections, they're not looking at the last event of the year. Usually people made it before. So if you look at Mendez, Aldo, and Holloway three in a row, and, I mean, he beat them pretty much at their own games. Volkanovski's got to be in the conversation. Um, and also Amanda Nunes, if we're going to look at that card. Beating Cyborg, how she did. Knocking out Holly Holm. And uh, then this last fight against Durand. May, although it wasn't the most intriguing fight, certainly dominated her. Uh, had some 10-8 rounds in there, arguably. So you can put her in the conversation as well. Another person I'd like to mention from outside the UFC is Patricio Pitbull. Mm-hmm. Beating Michael Chandler in one minute. And then beating Juan Archuleta, who I think is very underrated. Not to mention the fact that the guy's basically like his size is that of a bantamweight. Like him going and beating Michael Chandler in, in like one minute is pretty impressive. Uh, all that being said, I would go with Israel as well. I think that um, going into this year, I'm not sure how certain we, you know, his ceiling was going to be. He needed to answer some questions, and he answered those questions with an exclamation point. Um, and I also do think that Jorge had such an unbelievable year as well. Like it's, it's, it is 1A and 1B, but because there's a championship and an undefeated record with Israel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a slight nod. Uh, Shout-outs to a non-champion. Corey Sandhagen actually had a pretty great mm-hmm. year. Uh, Mario Bautista, then John Lineker, mm-hmm. and then Rafael Sensao. And uh, supposedly he's supposed to get the Edgar fight in January. Though I guess that's not happening now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Sandhagen, real breakout year for him. Obviously not saying the fight of the year, but uh, of the guys not to win titles in the UFC, he might, he might have had the best year. Uh, yeah. Did uh, we do, actually, did we one do, other person forgetting. Did we but. do breakout year? We did it last year, I think, but I don't think we did it this year. I don't think I had it on the list this year. But that. Uh, I, I put newcomer of the year, who I think right. is a pretty obvious answer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. We could we'll, probably, we'll we could probably yeah. do breakout year if we want to, yes. but he's also had a breakout year, so I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, so who will be the champions at this time next year? This is one of my favorites to do. Um, we looked at the picks from last year at the top of the show. Um, so let's start with the strawweight division. Let's go around the table. Uh, Adam, we'll start with you for this one. I got Zhang. I, I just I really like her fighting style. She's just a dominant fighter. She's fighting Joanna in March. I do believe she wins that fight. I would assume she fights Rose after that, maybe Tatiana, but I I think she's dangerous as hell, and I think she probably defends her title a few times. All right, Alex. Why do we do this, Aaron? Why do we do this every year? <laughs> if, I don't get half, if I don't get half of these right, I'm just not showing up next year. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's mark that down as well. You know, Yogi Bear. I feel like I said this exact joke, made this exact joke last year. Yogi Bear once said that uh, there's nothing harder to predict in the future, you know, and that guy <laughs> always, you know, that guy's always, always talking about it. Uh, I think our match Macar was just a year early. I, I do think Tatiana Suarez, this will be the year that she gets to shot, and I think she gets a, gets on her first try. I think she's going to do it. Mm, that's a good pick. Yeah, and for the second year in a row, I'm going to pick Tatiana Suarez. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she'll eventually just be too big, too strong, uh, and the grappling and wrestling will be just too much for the women. Uh, she'll get that championship sooner or later. 
Nick? Yeah, I'm going to go Zhang Weili. I'm not sold on her yet. The win over Andrade was crazy, crazy impressive. I mean, beating someone with that much power and skill in 46 seconds, that was, again, one of the better performances of, of 2019. But I wasn't sold on her with her past performances. The win over Tisha Torres was fine, but it, nothing she's done except for the Andrade wouldn't really put her on my radar. Um, but I just have a feeling that she might be really good. Um, I, I think she might be able to beat Joanna in the Roses of the world. I, I think those will be tough tests, probably tougher than Andrade was just stylistically. And then if, if if she does run into Suarez at the end of the year, I maybe would favor Tatiana, but she's also injured right now. We don't know when she'll be back. I think Z- uh, Zhang will, will get one or two title defenses in this year and keep the belt. I'm going to go with Joanna. I think oh. I think if you look at this matchup with Zhang, there's people have such a crazy recency bias. Joanna's not going to go full berserker mode at Zhang like Andrade did and get caught. Joanna's <laughs> um, going to make it a tactical kickboxing Muay Thai match for the most part. And Zhang has a great background in Sandai, and I think she's going to embrace that um, and, and try to beat Joanna on the feet. And how many people have been able to beat Joanna on the feet? Rose. I mean, and you can say Shevchenko as well, but that's up a division. Um, I think that Joanna is going to have a bounce back year this year. I think that she should uh, she should be able to beat Zhang. Now, if she is messed up with Tatiana Suarez before the end of the year, I think that's going to be a difficult matchup for her, given the the wrestling discrepancy that Suarez has with basically everybody in the in the division. But I think that as soon as Suarez got to the UFC, everybody's been working that part of their game because they know that Suarez is going to be t- at the top of the division. Now, Suarez is an Olympic level wrestler, um, you know, and that's what changes things. But uh, we also saw her in trouble. We saw Suarez get into trouble against Ansarov. And if Ansarov can put her into trouble, I know that she was injured in that fight. But, uh, you, you know, a, a high-volume striker like Joanna might be the uh, antidote for uh, the wrestling of Suarez. So I'm going to go a little bit off the board and go with that. Uh, flyweight division, I'm just going to ask outright, is there anybody who believes that Valentina Shevchenko will not be the champion at the end of next year? Uh, speak now or forever hold your peace. All right. Silence. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know who would, you know, even if somebody moved up or down. I was saying, Zhang Weili? If Nunez Nick, moves down, can, yeah. she, can she lose 10 pounds? Can Nunez lose no, 10? No, I don't think. She's, she's <laughs> joked about it before, <laughs> but she's <laughs> not losing no 10 pounds. Hey, Aldo, look, 135. He made it look easy. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, sort of. <laughs> oh, uh, Henry, we didn't bring up Henry Cejudo. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll fight Chip Jacob. Adam. I don't, I don't want to deal with <laughs> intergender uh, right, stuff right, anymore. Right, right. Um, and Valentina already beat him, if you saw that video of them. All right, so the women's bantamweight division, I'm going to do the exact same thing, only replace Valentina's name with Amanda Nunez. Does anybody see a scenario where Amanda Nunez is not the champion at this no. time no. next year? Okay, oh, we got yes. we got yes. one outlier, oh, Nick, yeah. making his debut, coming out with some fire off Nick the top. Nick just raises his hand. All right. We're going to see a new champ champ in Valentina Shevchenko. I think uh, 2020 is the year for that trilogy wow. to happen. I know both fights have been close, so could Nunez squeak out a victory in that one? Sure, Valentina could as well, though. I, I think if anybody's going to beat Nunez at 35, I think it's Shevchenko. I think she can match Nunez's skill on the feet, maybe even a bit more technical than the Brazilian on the feet. We saw Nunez in a bit of danger. Mm-hmm. That was the first time mm-hmm. we saw her in a little bit of danger in a long time. That was against Jermaine Duranami just a couple of weeks ago. And I think if if Shevchenko can keep this one standing, which she sh- should be able to, I think she might be able to edge out a, a, a decision win if they do meet in 2020. And those fights were close previously. Um, I personally thought that Nunez won four rounds against Shevchenko the last time, but I know a lot of people thought Shevchenko won that fight. It was one of those ones where the rounds were so close. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and fe- women's featherweight. Uh, again, same question. Anybody see Nunez not being the champion at this time next year? Uh, Unless well, they get full of the division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of yeah. what I was thinking. Because yeah. there will be no division. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I'm kind of with Alex on that one. I've got to say, I think Felicia Spencer would give her some trouble. I think that there mm-hmm. are areas of Felicia Spencer's game that are conducive to a bad matchup for Nunez. Nunes hasn't really fought anybody with a great wrestling pedigree since, I guess, Sarah McMahon. Mm. Um, and it's not that Spencer has necessarily a great wrestling pedigree. She kind of reminds me of a female Kelvin Gastelum. She's really good at mixing up the striking mm-hmm. with the, uh, the wrestling. She's got pretty decent power. Um, she's got a good submission game on the ground. And wrestling can often translate to better striking. And that, I think that's what made Gastelum so dangerous is like, and why he was able to tag uh, Israel. Is because Israel always had the threat of the wrestling, which opened up the striking for Gastelum. And I think that that scenario could take place um, with... You know, Spencer being just a physically bigger person, um, you know, at least in, in size than Amanda Nunes. Not saying that she's going to do it, but I'm just saying uh, keep an eye on that one. I think that Spencer versus Nunes is actually an interesting matchup. So Aaron Bronsetter of TSN.ca is declaring that Felicia Spencer will be the featherweight champ, women's featherweight <laughs> I'm not, champ. I'm not declaring that, but I do that think is... it's a bad matchup. I think that it's like it, you have to look at – this is the thing about MMA that I think a lot of people get wrong is you look at – who people have beaten, you look at you know, what their ranking is. But matchups are, are everything. Mm-hmm. They, they really are. And I, when I watched Cyborg versus Spencer, I know Cyborg got the better of Spencer. But I do, uh, when I was watching that, I was like, you know what? If Spencer can weather a storm from Nunez, make it a grinding fight, get her tired out, it could end up being a bad matchup. I, I might be way off. She could get knocked out in the first round. Who knows? She might mm-hmm. not even get a title shot. The, the, the division might be gone. Who knows? But uh, just saying. Okay, men's flyweight division. I'm sure that we all have interesting answers for this one, so I'm going to start with you, Nick. I'm going to say it'll be finally the year of Joby, um, mm. Joseph Benavides, <laughs> and my reasoning is pretty simple. I think Henry Sudo has no interest in cutting back down to 125. As he gets older, the more fights he has at bantamweight, the tougher it is to get down to that flyweight weight class. Um, I think he's going to put his focus on bantamweight, whether by choice or by force. I think Dana White might, might just get fed up and say, hey, you can't hold on to two belts and not defend them for this amount of time. And uh, I think we'll probably see Benavidez fight Davis and Figueredo for a vacant title sometime in the first half of the year. And I think Benavidez gets by him. I, not with, I, I don't say that with confidence, but I think he'll, he'll edge out a, a close decision there. All right, Sandu. I'm going to pick Henry Cejudo. I don't think he'll leave the division, um, only because relinquishing a title means an opportunity not to have um, pay-per-view points when you fight. Uh, I know he'll have the uh, the bantamweight title still, but you know at the moment he can double dip in, in both mm-hmm. divisions, and I think he likes the 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 status of being you know a double champion in the UFC, um, and doesn't want to let that go. So for me, um, I think he'll continue to fight. He'll probably just fight the one time in the flyweight division in 2020 is my prediction. It probably will be against Joe Benavides, and even if that de- fight does take place, I I'll pick Cejudo in that fight. I think the uh, the older he gets and the more mature he gets in MMA, the better he is. He gets better fight by fight by fight. So. I'm picking Henry Cejudo. Before we continue, what do pe- what do we know about pay per view points right now with the ESPN Plus deal? It's very confusing yeah, because yeah. Uh, are they allowed to audit these numbers? Like yeah. who has these numbers? You know, the numbers aren't transparent anymore. When Dave yeah. Meltzer was able to leak them out, nobody really knows how this is doing. Now there's a report saying Colby Covington agreed to a contract with no pay per view points yeah. for yeah. UFC 245, which was mm-hmm. shocking when I read that. I was like, really? But yeah, yeah you got front end money though. Right, we got five hundred thousand to show, yeah. and maybe something in the back too. We and got there the 50, are still 000. and there are still markets that the pay per view. Is still the traditional model, right? Like in right. Australia, Canada, here in Canada, Canada too, yeah, yeah. UK has yeah. box UK office now. Is now starting to do box office as much as everybody hates that and wants you know, to uh, start yeah. riots in the street. Yeah, so <laughs> you have to pay for an event that's at like six a.m. <laughs> yeah, so it's an interesting yeah. question with regards to the U.S. market, but globally there are right. still plenty of markets where pay per view is still right. pay per view. I feel like we don't even talk about pay per view numbers anymore. Well, know? because they're not they're not 
transparent. Yeah. We yeah. don't really know what the deal is with them. And the price is crazy too. Like I just can't. I can't. I don't know how many people are buying them for like eighty bucks. And it's going up. Now. Cowboy Cerrone is yeah. going up. It's going yeah. up for the year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex. Uh, yeah, I, well, like I say, I'm, I'm on the Joe B bandwagon. I've been a fan of this guy for a long time. I think it's time, either either if Cejudo vacates the title for whatever reason, or if they do fight. Look, he beat him by split, split before. It was a close fight. I think some people had it for Cejudo, but I'm, I recall scoring it, uh, not like clearly, but I definitely recall scoring it for Benavidez. I think it's just his time. Um, I do agree with, with Sandu that Cejudo gets better all the time. Uh, so I'm just being consistent with that. I've picked against Cejudo, I think, so many times. I picked him against him with Dillashaw. I definitely picked against him with DJ. I think I was on the right side of history in the Marlon Moraes fight, though I'll, don't quote me on that. I'm sure I'll look back and I'll be wrong. But this time, once again, I'm picking against Cejudo should they fight. Or somehow there'll be a, you know, a vacant title fight and Benavides will come out on top. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I, I think what Chamakar said about double dipping, I love that reminds me of a donut or something, but he's right. Like, <laughs> Cejudo's got two belts right now. Why would he voluntarily give one up? But at the same time, I feel like Dana Wade's going to force his hand eventually, and he will. And I do agree with Nick. It's going to be Benavides versus Figueredo. But you know what? I'll pick Davison Figueredo, man. I think he can win that fight, you know? Uh, Benavides is great, but he is getting a bit older now, being, getting a bit long in the tooth. I was really impressed with Figueredo's last fight. It was, an, it was actually, actually, talking about fight of the years, Figueredo versus Alexander Pantoja. That was one of the best fight of the years, too. So mm-hmm. this guy's striking is unbelievable. I think he can actually get the better at Benavides. I'll, I'll take a surprise pick and take Davison Figueredo. I also have Benavides, but a couple notes. Um, I'm going to say, first off, that I think that Cejudo is going to vacate the belt. He just hasn't mentioned flyweight. Like, mm-hmm. everybody keeps mentioning all these guys at bantamweight, and I don't blame him. If you look at who is available to fight at bantamweight, there's a pretty good lineup of, of folks that I think are bigger names than, uh, than anybody in the flyweight division. But I'm going to go with Benavides as the champion. And another name to watch, I think, at flyweight is uh, he's fighting this weekend, actually, is Matt Schnell. He just seems to be getting exponentially better in each fight. Um, he's the underdog for whatever reason this weekend but uh, I th- against Pantoja. But I think that Matt Chanel is a guy that we should look out for. That said, uh, Benavides, uh, Benavides is my pick. Uh, Adam, bantamweight division. Right now the champion is Henry Cejudo. Yeah, I, I'm going with Peter Yon. I think this guy is going to beat Henry Cejudo. And I, I do think that should be the next fight. I did score the fight between Aldo and Marais for Aldo. I had him winning 29-28, but uh, obviously he didn't get the nod. We have seen fighters get title shots coming off losses. I just feel like it's going to set a really bad precedence if he gets a title shot coming off of two losses. And when you have a number one, a clear number one contender in, in Peter Yon, who's like knocking guys out. Um, Rice is ranked number one. Oh, he was. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. And yeah, he still is. But he already fought Henry Sudo, so the next guy, I believe, yeah. is Peter Yon. Next, I think actually, Sterling might be, but he's hurt. So mm-hmm. anyways, I think Yon is the most dangerous guy right now. I was That was for me, was the, the performance of the night at UFC 245. He looked incredible. He just destroyed your eye favor. And I think he could be Henry Cejudo. I think he has the wrestling and the striking to com- to compete with him and beat him. That's my pick, Alex. I can't argue with that. Piotr Jan, this guy is Ooh. scary. The the only thing is, uh, obviously, we're recency bias all the way for one thing. <laughs> uh, two, we're also we're saying this time next year, right? Is we yeah. think so. We think not only will he win in the next six months or something, he'll also retain either you know either defend or maybe just only fight once in 20, uh, 2020. But I do think he has what it takes. Yeah, one to beat Cejudo, and also I'm not sure who the first challenger would be. If it was like an Aljamain or uh, or someone else, I I still think he'd do okay. I, I, yeah, he's just so well rounded, so accurate, uh, and just a scary, scary guy. And and he's got that cold blooded personality. That's like man, he's just, just he's so focused in his prime right now. I absolutely could see him winning in the, again in the first or second quarter of 2020 and retaining and, and defending at least once uh, next year. Did you guys watch the thrill and the agony uh, from 2:45? So uh, Jan wins, and then his coach says to him backstage, he goes, "Did you see the look on Cody's face?" <laughs> I, he's like, "I videotaped it." <laughs> I just thought that was funny. That's cold. Sandu. So I'm going to go with Henry Cejudo. 
Um, respect to uh, Alex and Adam with regard to Peter Yan, and I do think that eventually he will fight for the title. And yeah, dude is scary. Uh, but I feel like going back to our earlier point, um, when you take away recency bias and you kind of think about with a clear head, and you know, stars make fights and all that kind of good stuff. I think Henry Sudo would not be in a in a in a striking exchange with Peter Yan. I think he'll take him down, and I think it'd be a five round grapple fest. And I'll grind out a decision. Um, and I don't think Peter Yan's been five rounds either, where Henry Suhudo's got tons of main event five round experience. So I think that'll play into his favor as well. Does he have that much five round experience? Peter Yan? I don't no, think he Cejudo. has. I think he's he been he just has the two I think Yan did an ACB. Did, he might have once. This is the thing. Oh, Even though. Check out? Sure. I think Suhudo's only been to the championship rounds twice. With DJ and. DJ and DJ. Oh, both times. Oh, no, yeah. the, no, no, the first the DJ first wasn't. Was just, no, so I think just once. No, it was just the one. I think just once. But even so, when you're preparing for a five-round right. fight. That's, it's that's different compared to training for a three-round fight. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Very true. Alex. They love the conditions. Peter Yan sure. has had one five-round fight in, in ACB, ACB and he lost. He lost oh. to Magomed. Oh, Magomed. Oh. Yeah. There you go. All right. There you go. <laughs> Point Sandu. I definitely knew that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you were just about to say I saw it on the tip of your tongue, and I'm like, he's, he's, he's going to say it. I appreciate those points, Alex. <laughs> All right, Nick. Regardless of Piotr Yan's own one record going 25 minutes, I will pick him <laughs> to be the UFC Bantamweight champion this time next year. Um, I... I, I think it could could go a number of different ways just because the bandweight division, the title picture is quite foggy right now. Cejudo, mm-hmm. you still don't know exactly when he's going to fight again. Then there's Aljamain Sterling. He's out, but probably back sooner than later. You got Marais probably wanting another title shot eventually. I don't think he, he'll get it yet, um, but he's definitely still in that picture. Um, I just think Yondo, no matter if the title shot comes in the first half of the year or the second, I, I think whoever is at the top, whether it's Cejudo or Sterling or someone, I think Piotr Yan might just be the best bandweight in the world right now, so I got him holding the title at the end of 2020. Now, I have no idea if this guy's going to get a title shot in 2020, but if he does, I think he'll be the champion. That's Corey Sandhagen. Mm. Corey Sandhagen's striking is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Very underrated part of his game because everybody looks at his grappling. But he's, he's really great everywhere, and I think that if he does get a shot, and it'll be hard because I think that he needs everything to kind of fall into place for him to do that, that he could potentially get a shot. I think that Peter Yan is an, a guy that could very you know very well be the champion as well. He's he's a killer. He's really really good. But again, the recency bias is important to look at. And I think that in January, depending on who Sandhagen ends up facing, if it ends up being a top name in the division, perhaps he can move up a little bit more. I, I like who who in the top five can't Sandhagen beat? I mean, Jan is I think obviously a, a tough one. Marais I think would be a great fight. I think he could probably beat Aljamain Sterling. It's going to be interesting to see. Aljamain Sterling looked phenomenal last year as well in, in his last fight. And, you know, if you would have asked me after that event who, you know, who might be a champion, he'd probably enter the conversation. But, um, and we also probably shouldn't forget Marlon Rice. Like, Marlon Rice is still a, a stud. And what about Aldo? Aldo? No Aldo, one mentioned Aldo. Aldo will probably get the next title he shot because, title the, because it's, it's the stupid thing to happen, and that's probably what will happen. <laughs> yeah. By the um, way, I, by the way, Aaron, I saw what you did there. We all picked Jan, so you did. The, you realize there's no way that all of us would be right if we all picked the same. I have Jan written down on my piece of paper here. I, yeah, so I, I thought you correct. called an audible and pulled his yeah, call Sanhagen, but that's very smart, and I'll give you credit if Sanhagen is the champion. All right, I'll give myself <laughs> credit too. Believe me. Um, all right, uh, the featherweight division. Oh, I forgot to write this one down. I'm gonna have to come up with something on the fly. Uh, go ahead, Adam. This one's interesting because, honestly, I didn't expect Alex Volkanovsky to win the title. So I thought Max would still be holding in, and then I thought he probably would have been a dominant champion. I think he's had a tough year. I think the move to lightweight really hurt him. I don't think that was the right move. Took a lot of damage in that fight with Poirier. Looked okay against Frankie, not a great fight, and then didn't look good at all against Volkanovsky. I think if they do rematch, which seems likely for an Australian pay-per-view, I would have to pick Volkanovsky again. But 
I'm going to pick Zabit to beat Volkanovski because I think Zabit's going to get the title shot. And I actually do believe in this guy. I know his cardio is like not up to the par right now. I think he'll work on that part of his game. I think he's very aware of that. I'd like to. I wish his last fight against Calvin Cater was a five round fight. That's the one thing that worries me about him. I don't know how he's going to do in a five round fight, but I do believe in this guy's potential. I'm going to pick Zabit to win the title. Go ahead, Alex. Uh, I'll say I'm not picking Zabit, but I'll say I do wonder if the cardio issues are a little overstated. I mean, I don't blame people for saying it. We have going into that fight. We have, I mean, just based on the eye test, we have more than enough evidence, you're right, to, to make it look like, man, maybe this guy can't go five rounds. And the cater thing would have been perfect to go five rounds yeah. just to see you know, as a good test, right? Which is why, you know, it's a good thing. I think he'll get, uh, I don't know if he'll get another main event, but hopefully another solid three-round fight. Um, so I won't go to beat, but I think that's, that's a lot of choice. I'm, uh, recency bias, again, I'm just going to say Volkanovsky. Uh, he, again, he, he's so well-rounded. Mm-hmm. He just took The way he took out Holloway was very convincing. I think they could have a, a rematch next year, and I would still pick uh, Volkanovski to win again. Nothing against Max Holloway. So, uh, you know, conservative choice, I'm going Volkanovski. Uh, fellow Alex, I mean, you can't yeah. go against him. Oh, have to. <laughs> All right, Sandu. Yeah, I'm picking Volkanovski as well. He hasn't lost uh, since May of 2013, undefeated in the UFC. Um, I don't know about everybody else, but, like, going into this fight, I was kind of picking Max. But then something happened during fight. We kind of don't know what it was, but, you know, maybe it was just looking at interviews, how they looked on the scales. Uh, it kind of made me lean more towards Volkanovski uh, by the by the end of the week. And uh, I just feel like he's just perfect to have Max's number. Uh, and I feel as though maybe the, the move to lightweight, you know, you know, earlier in the year didn't work out well for Max and just going up and down in weight. I feel like if he fought Volkanovski again, Alex would win. And I'd like to see Max take a good amount of time off and really bulk up for lightweight, where I think long term, that's where he'll be ideally suited. I think his time at Featherweight is coming to an end. Um, and Zabit, of course, fantastic challenges in the Featherweight division. But for me, I think Volkanovski right now is in his prime City kickboxing, from a strategic point of view, are giving their guys fantastic game plans, which they are executing to a T. So for me, Alex Volkanovsky, by the end of the year, still a featherweight champion. Nick? Yeah, I just don't know how you beat Volkanovsky. He's one of the smartest fighters out there right now. And as Sandu just said, City kickboxing prepares him with perfect game plans. He executes them super well. And I, I mean, looking at the featherweight division right now, I'd definitely pick him against Holloway again. I don't think this is a beat... Uh, can get it done. I, there are guys out there that can, that can make fights with Volkanovski competitive, but I think Volkanovski is going to be one step ahead uh, of any fight he has next year. Um, Volkanovski all day for me. I think I'm going to go with Adam and go with Zabit. I think that Zabit, honestly, is a super prospect. He had a, a very you know tough fight last time around, but like I mentioned, he had an illness. He was coming mm-hmm. in with a staph infection. People said, oh, if that went five rounds, uh, you know, Cater would have won. It didn't go five rounds. He probably would have fought differently if, if it was a five-round fight because you have to maintain your energy based on a five-round fight. He wasn't training for a five-round fight. So uh, I think that you, you do have to look at the big picture here. And I think that City Kickboxing does such a good job of, of game planning for these people. But Zabit is a tough guy to game plan for because he's got so many tools in the toolbox that uh, perhaps he could be the one that could uh, could foil things for either Holloway or Volkanovski, like regardless of who wins that rematch, uh, since it looks like that's the direction they're going to go in. But uh, I, I think I'm with Adam. I, I just think Zabit is a special, special fighter, and that uh, we're going to remember that the next time he fights, whether it's a title shot or not. I think that we're going to remember uh, why people were so high on this guy in the first place. Uh, all right, lightweight division. We're going to go to, uh, well, do, do we want to do the mix thing it where... Up. Let's mix it up. Do we want to do the thing where I say, does anybody not believe it's going to be Khabib oh, at the okay. end of the year? Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah, other, definitely. Yeah. Do you definitely think it, it isn't going to be? I mean, we've got our man... T- the disrespect to Tony <laughs> Ferguson. My yeah. goodness, Aaron Bronstetter. All right, well, I'll, I'll show you my sheet when we get to it. <laughs> All right, Nick, go ahead. Yeah, it's Khabib. I mean, it's going to be the winner of Khabib and Ferguson. I don't think... 
if if Ferguson beats Khabib, then Connor would have a shot against him. Gaethje would have a shot against Tony. But I think Khabib wins that fight, and I think he walks away the champion. If it's not Ferguson, then it's not going to be anybody. Um, Khabib, Connor goes the same way. Khabib, Gaethje would be intriguing, but still, I, I would go with Khabib. He's one of the most dominant fighters, if not the most dominant fighter we've seen in a year. So I, I have to go with Khabib. All right, Sandu. Yeah, every time Khabib and Tony's been made, I've always picked Khabib. So I'm not going to change my pick going into 2020. Um, and I think he'll beat Tony. And I think by the end of the year, he'll still be the lightweight champion. Alex. I don't know if Tony Ferguson is a better fighter than Khabib, but I think he is the man to beat Khabib, if that makes sense. Like, you talk about the matchups. I think Ferguson's just that right kind of crazy uh, to take it to Khabib, really, really match him on the ground, really match him on the stand-up. I, I'm going Ferguson. I think it's time. Uh, not, he doesn't need a title to validate his run at lightweight. I think he's had one of the greatest runs at 155 pounds ever. I think he's a top five lightweight of all time. But I think he's going to get the title and hold on to it till the end of the year. Adam. This one's really tough for me because I, I'm with Alex in that I, I really give Tony Ferguson a great shot to be Habib. If you look at the betting odds, he's a pretty decent-sized underdog. I would rather put money on him. But it is hard to pick against Habib. I don't know. You know, I, I guess I'll, I'll go against the grain here and I'll, I'll side with Alex. I'll take Tony. But, it, it, you know, even if he wins, they'll probably do a rematch. They'll have to beat him twice, which is even harder. Um, and you're asking at the end of the year, not asking the next fight, right? So, tough one. All right, you know what? I'll, I'll go with Habib because I don't think he'll beat him twice. That's mm-hmm. the problem here. Well, I picked Ferguson last time, uh, and I'm going to pick him again. Yeah. Like Santu, every time this fight's been made, I've picked Ferguson. You've picked Khabib. I've picked mm-hmm. the opposite. Right. But I'm not going to stray from that now. Uh, and like Alex said, I think, you know, it's not so much that he is going to beat Khabib, but in terms of matchups, like, there's nobody that's more suited to beating Khabib than Tony Ferguson. The issue that I have with this fight is that because it's taken so long to happen, Ferguson's, like, quietly 37. Now, yeah, he's... Right? Like not, that's, is he 37? Something like that. He's I think he's 37 he? or 36. Um, or at least when they fight, I think he's going to be 37, if I'm not mistaken. Um, once April rolls around. 35, right? He'll be 36. Oh He'll be 36. When, okay, so, yeah, so he's quietly crazy. getting older yeah. in, in a division where uh, that's in the lighter... Weight classes where people at that age aren't really having great success. Like who who's the oldest lightweight champion of all time? Like uh, try to think back. BJ Frankie. No, BJ I think was in his twenties when he had the mm-hmm. title, right? Mm-hmm. Frankie I think was in his early thirties. So who like who was it? I mean, that's a fantastic Alvarez point. maybe. Alvarez was probably like in his early thirties. <laughs> yeah, it was Sean Shirk was older actually. Yeah, Sean Shirk yeah. was like thirty five or something along those lines. So but we're that was back the, fifteen years. But then. that's like the yeah. when, when it came in first came right. into the UFC mm-hmm. pretty much. Right. So um, yeah, you got to go way back to figure that out. So. Um, th- that's the iffy part. It's funny when mm. you think about what Sean Shirk looked like and what Ferguson looked like that they were in the same division <laughs> altogether, but uh, there, wasn't, there wasn't the featherweight division at the time. Um, so, yeah, there, there you go, lightweight. Welterweight division. Um, we'll start with you, Adam. Well, apparently I picked Usman last year, but yeah. I went and picked Covington in the last fight. So I, if I had known, I would have stuck to my prediction. This was tough because I think, I think most of you guys will pick Usman, and I think it's a great pick. But... <sighs> I'm going to pick Leon Edwards. I think this guy has what it takes to be used. I know they fought before. I know he lost. It was pretty lopsided. But since then, Leon Edwards has really improved his game. He's extremely well-rounded. For a Brit, he has incredible wrestling. Maybe some of the best wrestling for any British fighter in the UFC. And his striking is incredible, too. I think he can actually beat Kamar Usman. I was really impressed with Edwards' eight-fight win streak. He's amazing. That would be a good fight. I think that fight will happen this year. And we'll see what happens. 
Nathaniel Wood has, I think, the best wrestling among the Brits. But then I digress. Go ahead, Alex. Why, why did we have to do this for after UFC 245? Now, I just got UFC 245, man. I, I think Usman's the greatest fighter I've ever seen now. He just want, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think Jeff Neal is going to be a future yeah, champion. You know what I mean? Uh, Irene Aldana, I, I should have picked her to be the champion next year. Uh, I just, yeah, now all I can think of is, is how good Usman was. Uh, but he really was phenomenal against Colby Covington. Mm-hmm. And Look, we one of the big questions was, you know, could could he handle Covington's pressure and uh, and vice versa? I mean, they both are both pressure fighters, and it was just so back and forth and so great. And I loved what Usman brought. And I love that kind of like we said about Adesanya in the Agastino fight. I thought like Usman really had to deal with some some major problems. He mm-hmm. lost the first round, I think for sure, and then someone we can all agree on. And uh, and that Usman fought through that. I'm like, man, I'm like, I don't know who's going to push him harder than that. I mean, Leon Edwards is a great fighter, but I don't know who else is going to push him like Covington did uh, this past weekend. So I'm going to go again, go with the safe choice and go uh, go with Usman. Sandu? So this is one of my two really out there picks uh, for who will be a champion in each division this time next year. I'm going to go for Jorge Masvidal. Okay. And yep. for me, I can't put too much logic into this answer in terms of things like recency bias and how they perform, the level of competition they faced. But there's just been something about him this year. Um, and, and it's all mental and it's all emotional. He's flipped the switch this year um, in terms of how he's handled his career, the performances. And for me, I think he's on this trajectory. It's a little bit similar to Conor McGregor from a few years ago where he's willing things into existence both in and outside of the octagon. And for me, that trajectory is leading him to that welterweight championship. Who he faces, whether it's Usman, whether it's someone else, by the end of 2020, I think we're looking at Masvidal as the welterweight champion. All right, Nick. Yeah, I mean, Masvidal is not a bad pick just because he is right there. Like, he could get the next title shot. It'll either be him or Edwards. Those are the most two deserving in my eyes. And you can sort of, you know, use your mind to put things into existence when you're talking about fights with, like, Nate Diaz. But to just beat the best welterweight on the planet, to me, that's still you still have to be good enough to do that. And I don't know if that's a great matchup for Masvidal. I'm, I'm going Usman. Um, I think Edwards is another great pick at him. I... Recency bias for sure. He looked great against Kobe. Um, I just think he's on a different level, uh, on a half a step above. I don't think it's a full step above. I think there are guys that are almost as good of, uh, as him, but I think he's just a little bit better than everybody else. So Usman at the end of 2020. Now, I put out a poll this week saying, of the top four guys in the division, who do you think has the best chance of beating Kamaru Usman? The four people obviously are um, you got Jorge Masvidal, you've got Colby Covington. You've got Tyron Woodley and you've got Leon Edwards. And uh, Masvidal was the favorite in this poll. Hmm. That being said, Usman's also beaten the other three guys. He hasn't beaten Masvidal. So people are using their imagination a little bit more. My answer for that question is Colby Covington. I think Colby Covington has the best, in terms of matchup, chance of beating Kamaru Usman. That being said, I don't know if that rematch happens next year. Uh, I think if Usman defends the title, maybe it'll be once or twice, depending on how his surgery is surgically repaired. Was it knee? I think it was surgically repaired knee holds up, um, might, might fight twice, three times, might not be against Colby, Colby Covington, but I think that Usman's still the best guy in the division. Uh, last year, I was hesitant to take Usman because I thought that the matchup with Woodley was a bad matchup. It turned out not to be the case. Um, and uh, I'm going to have to go with, uh, with Usman being the champion again at this time next year. Uh, middleweight division, let's start with you, uh, Nick. I go to Adesanya. Um, I, I mean trying to think who's the number one contender that i mean is they, they might do the Romero fight maybe paul costa will be back by the end by the end of the year i don't really know who is next for adesanya uh, there's not a clear-cut contender 
But either way, like if it is Yoel or Paulo Costa or both of them or someone else, Adesanya is here to stay. Um, I said the same thing about Robert Whitaker two years ago, that this guy would be the guy at 185 for a long time. Proved not to be the case. But as Alex said earlier, I think we finally have gotten to, I hate to say the next generation of Anderson Silva because now I just jinxed it. But I think Adesanya will uh, will retain the fi- uh, title for this year and probably beyond by quite a bit. All right, Sandu? Yeah, I don't have much more to add to that. For me, it's Adesanya. Um, ditto on everything uh, that Baldwin just said over there. Um, I can't see, you know, the top four or five contenders in the division sniffing uh, <laughs> at what Israel can bring to the table, man. Like, this guy's uh, a different breed. And uh, again, going back to city kickboxing, these guys are preparing their fighters so well. Um, they all keep performing better and better every fight strategically. He's getting better and better every fight. So uh, for me, it'll be Stylebender. Alex. Yeah, for sure. Uh, look, I, I'm going to agree with Izzy as well. My, my, I do wonder how many times he'll defend the title this year because there, we mentioned Costa, we mentioned uh, Romero, uh, Jerry Cannoneers out there. Uh, I do wonder, and I'd love to see this happen. We talking about the Anderson Silva comparisons. Remember Anderson Silva when he just like took a couple of fights, took some fights like 205, just mm-hmm. like on for a lark. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see if they did that for Adesanya, uh, not just on a lark, but also because they keep teasing a you know a future fight with John Jones, or whatever. So it'd be cool to see how he performed at 205 at least once before you know we consider making that fight happen. Again, I know they don't do that anymore. But you know that's that that would be fun for me to see him defend the title at least once, and then and then you know if there's if for some reason one of the other contenders, the 185 contenders can't uh, can't get booked, throw, see him, let him go up to 205, put someone to 205, just see what happens. But that's yeah. just a little fancy booking there. Oh, I love what he said. I mean, wouldn't it be cool to see Izzy against like Tiago Santos and just sure. like a super fight, at, or not even a super fight, really, just like a fun fight? I still want to see the super fight with John Jones. That's the fight I want to see. Well, I'll talk about later, but. Uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to have a clean sweeper for Izzy. It's hard to go against him, Aaron. Like, he's so, so good. He's so well-rounded. I don't see any weaknesses in his game. So he's just an incredible fighter. Yeah, I, I got to go with Izzy. I'm going to go with Izzy as well. Um, and when you look at the middleweight division right now, it's, it's just in the transitional phase. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of these guys that are either getting older or leaving the division. You've got uh, Romero w- was thinking of going to 205 at some point in time. Jacare's out of the mix. Luke Rockhold's out of the mix. Uh, Jack Hermanson's coming off a loss. Uh, Cannoneer looks good, but he's also, I think, 35. Like he's, yeah. he's getting up there in age also. The only really good young fighters in the division right now are Izzy, who I think is, I think, I think 30. Um, you've also got uh, Darren Till, who's starting to come on in this division. He beat Gaslam, which was a, a bit of a surprise. You've got Paulo Costa, and you've got Edmund Shabazian, who I think is a, a yeah, big up and cover. Good. But uh, right now, you know, everybody else in the division is kind of getting old and, and starting to, to leave. And Gaslam, I should mention as well, is still young. But uh, I just think Israel beats almost all those guys, and um, you don't really have any really high-level grapplers. I mean, you can say Yoel was an Olympian, but how often does he actually use his grappling in the UFC? Um, so I, I still think Izzy's going to be the champion at this time next year, and I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, light heavyweight division. Uh, anybody think that John Jones will not be the champion next year? Do we want to do what we did last year with if he moves up to heavyweight, who's going to be the champion? <laughs> uh, that's what we did with Holloway, but Holloway ended up losing it <laughs> legit. Yes. That's the only reason I said Gustafsson, by the way. I think I was trying to remember why did I say Gustafsson last? I'm like, yeah. okay, that's right. no. You said that he was going to beat Jones because that fight hadn't happened yet. That can't be. Yeah, because we, we recorded. Before <laughs> I don't think that, there's we, audio. Of, we, I don't think there's audio of that. that, exists, that uh, confirms that. We should scrub it. I, please don't. Please, please don't put that clip in. Anyway, <laughs> with a little rewinding sound effect. <laughs> Um, Technology. All right. So, who thinks that Jones will not be the light? Who thinks that Jones will lose the light heavyweight title? 
in 2020. No, he won't. No, he won't lose a fight. Like no, if he loses, no, no. it's because of his own stupidity. I think, I think Reyes has a shot, but I wouldn't come out and predict it. Yeah, he does. But you know what? Like the thing about Reyes is his his step back. Yeah. When he's stepping back and he puts his whole body into his punches, he can knock anybody out. Like the guy's a stud athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, so is Jones. I'd love to see a rematch with Tiago Santos, though. I honestly thought yeah, he won the first happen. fight. Anything will happen. Like, but you know, after the injuries, I don't know how he's going to perform now. We'll see. I thought he won the first fight, so. I'd love to see a rematch, but uh, right, you can't go against John. Another guy you can't go against. It's just impossible to pick against him. Yeah, um, and, and I think he still will stay in the division. I don't think that he's planning on moving up. I think if he moved up to heavyweight, it would be for a super fight. I don't think he really has aspirations of becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. He actually gave me a good answer this year when I asked him about what his hesitation was to go to heavyweight, and he said, listen, I've got four daughters. Mm. The, the level of power at heavyweight mm-hmm. is, is just a different beast, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to have you know, any sort of long-term concussive injuries unless they really make it worth my while. And he's taking, like, no damage in his career for, like, the most part. Right. The last fight might have been the most, and it was mostly, like, Ga- kicks and Gaffle, stuff. Or, sorry, yeah, uh, Gustafson. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, but true, I don't even really know yeah. if he's been knocked down, like, his whole career. Maybe yeah. he might not have been. I don't think he was knocked down by Gustafsson. No, but, uh, just taking a lot. Of, you took a lot of yeah. punches. I've, so, got, I've got a Jones prediction for later. That's a little teaser for okay, you. Okay, there right, you go. Hot takes. There you go. All right, heavyweight division. Right now the champion, Stipe Miocic. Um, who did we start with last time? Are we starting with you uh, You this time, Adam? Sure. Okay, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is going to be interesting for sure. Uh, you know, I, I just wish this Cormier trilogy wasn't holding up the division because there's a lot of other fights I'm curious to see. My pick's going to be uh, Francis Ngannou, though. I think that he will eventually rematch Stipe, and I think he could beat him this time. I think he'll be a much more focused and prepared fighter for this uh, rematch. Fight will stay standing. I think he can knock Stipe out. That's my pick, Francis Ngannou. Yeah, Francis Ngannou, come on, let's go. It's time. Uh, uh, you know, the first fight with Stipe, yes, of course, he had some of his, his weaknesses, his inexperience exposed. We should have known that was going to happen. I, I'll admit, I did pick Ngannou to win that first fight, so I was wrong then. But in a rematch, I, I would definitely, I, I'm not snake-bitten. I'll, I'll pick Ngannou again. Sandu? So this is my second uh, oh. of my two out-there picks in yes. this kind of category. All right, please. And uh, like Alex mentioned earlier on, I may have been a, a year too soon with uh, Tatiana Suarez, and I think I may have been a year too soon with John Jones as well. So I'm picking John Jones to be the heavyweight Ooh. champion by the end of 2020, and this is how I kind of foresee things playing out. And uh, going to your point there, um, Aaron, about you know him being very selective uh, of when he or if he moves up to heavyweight, I feel as though DC and Stipe will happen. And I feel as though when that fight happens, DC will win. After that fight, the only other big money fight DC will have left before he kind of rise off into that sunset will be John Jones. And I think that John Jones heavyweight fight will happen by the end of the year next year, maybe in MSG, maybe in November, something along that trajectory. And I think John Jones beats DC for the heavyweight championship. So there's my prediction. I think by the end of 2020, John Jones is heavyweight champion. All right, Nick. I agree. John Jones. Um, I, I mean, Sandu is exactly, you know, what he said is exactly how I feel about it as well. Um, Stipe, DC, I think either way, Jones will be interested in challenging the winner. Um, I think him versus Stipe makes a lot of sense. Him versus DC3 obviously makes all the sense in the world, even though it's probably a year or two too late at this point. Still think it's a, a big fight, massive fight, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, and then I, I just, John Jones recently said, you know, after this Dominic Reyes fight, this might be the year. And I never should believe what John Jones says, but I do. I, <laughs> I do think this will be the year. I think he finally makes that move up. It just feels like the right time to me. There's a lot of newer contenders at 205, but, you know, does he really want to continue fighting the Dominic Reyes and, and the Anthony Smiths of, of the light heavyweight division? I think he's in a position now where... Let's not lump those two together. I mean, Dominic Reyes is undefeated. 
Sure, but that and he's I mean, not a guy that moved up from but a he, he's, division. Jonah Jones has beat all the big names. The Gustafson, the, I mean, the Rumble fight obviously didn't happen, and he's not retired. But mm. no, he's not. He's not retired anymore. Well, he's coming back. He's retired for now, and we'll <laughs> see. Um, but he's also like two fifty pounds right now. So um, yeah, I, I just think John Jones will move up and uh, fight. I, I, I think Cormier will beat Stipe, and the trilogy happens at the end of the year. See, I think that Cormier is going to be Stipe as well, but I think he's going to retire, and I think that the heavyweight title is going to be vacated. Um, there might not be a champion at this time next year. Hmm. There might be a Ooh. tournament that's that's happening or something along those lines. But if there was going to be a champion this time next year, I think it has to be Francis Ngannou. I just think that he's starting to become head and shoulders above everybody else, and his power is crazy. Um, we've known this for a while. We obviously knew this when he fought Stipe the first time. But that being said, that was almost two years ago. Now he's going to have that. Basically, it's two years ago next month. So he's going to have. Or was it a year ago? Yeah, no, it is. It's two years January. ago. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to have had basically two years to shore up that takedown defense. Um, and even if it's just a little bit better, Stipe is going to be two years older. I think that now is Francis' time to win that title. And if he's the champion, I don't know if John Jones is going to want any part of that. I, I think that would be an amazing fight, but I just don't know. When, when you look at Jones versus Francis, that's uh, that's an interesting one, man. Hey, I thought you said Cyril Gaon would win, win the title. Didn't you predict this? Uh, I was told by someone the fa- that Cyril Gaon could be a UFC champion one day, and I yeah. think, but I don't think he would beat Francis. No way. Even though they they train under the yeah, same trainer. Friends or but uh, yeah. I also just think that Fran- that right now Francis would probably knock him out. Yeah. But Cyril Gaon is going to be amazing. Cyril Gaon will be top five yeah, by the end of next year. Fighting, yeah. This yeah. fighting on Saturday, Busan. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, so there we go. Th- those are our title holders uh, going into the. Uh, year 2020, who they're going to be at the end of 2020. Um, newcomer of the year, I think, is a fairly consensus uh, selection. Is everybody on the same page? Yeah, uh, and and uh, uh, may I start us off, Aaron? Sure. Yeah, and I think because uh, the transitions well when we were just talking about heavyweight, maybe this guy could be the heavyweight yeah, champion yeah, yeah, next year. But he's going to have to beat Ngannou. That fight yeah. is scheduled. Yeah, Jairzinho yeah. Rosenstruck. My goodness, uh, Junior Albini, yeah. Alan Crowder. Maybe the, you know, maybe people didn't realize what was happening at the time. Then Andre Orlovsky, that was so impressive. Uh, and then Alistair Overeem destroyed mm-hmm. his mouth. So yeah. uh, it seems the path to heavyweight gold is beating Arlovsky and then uh, Overeem. Overeem. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> the order much. that gets that's you the into the mix. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, I if you're just going by wins and losses, I don't think you could say anyone who made their debut in the UFC this year. Uh, no one's more. Sense. Though I will throw in a shout out. Sorry to take all the time here, guys, but Michelle Pereira. Listen, I know he only went one and one. I know he had the loss to Tristan Connolly, but that that debut against Danny Roberts that changed my life. All I right, was that... I was front row for that. I was at, I was at the table. Like, I, it was the right. only fight. I think it was the first fight that since I've covered the UFC that I actually sat out at the table for. Right. That... Was that fight? I was like, I knew about Pereira. I knew about Demolador and all, and the lore of Michelle Pereira. And I asked the UFC. I said, like, we're in Rochester. Can I just go and sit in front? They were like, oh yeah, we we got a seat for you. No no worries. Uh, and that was the first UFC event I've watched cage side. Was that that fight? Yeah, that fight was crazy. Was a good choice on my part. Yeah, Jairzinho, Maybe he went four zero. But did he change your life? I don't think so. Michelle Pereira changed your life. On the other hand. Uh, you know, Tristan Connolly could also be the newcomer of the year. Again, only won that one fight, but he got a $100,000 fight night <laughs> bonus and a, and a huge upset. So a shout-out to Vancouver. I think I level Jarzino is like, let's be honest, none of us knew really who this guy was before this year. I know he had the one fight in Ryzen, but I really didn't even know he was, and I'm a hardcore fan, so are you guys. And all of a sudden, he has the second fastest knockout win in UFC history over Alan Crowder in nine seconds, and the latest knockout win in UFC history, in heavyweight division, I should mention, uh, against Overeem. So this guy's make, setting records, and he's knocking guys out, and he's come out of nowhere, and he's uh, now getting a top uh, three opponent. Actually, I think Nagano might be the number two ranked heavy or number one or two after Stipe and, and, and uh, DC. So 
it's got to be Jersey, you know. Like I, I don't know. I'd like to hear if you guys have any other ones though. Like, I, I mean, don't. That's yeah, the one for me. It's got to be right because yeah. of his record and how his performances have gone uh, in 2019. I don't know who else even comes close. Like there were a lot of people that debuted yeah. late last year that you could look at. Like I think Peter mm-hmm. Yan debuted, debuted late last year. Macy Barber late last year. But uh, in terms of debuting this year, like how do you go against? Yeah. Him? When did Sandhagen Sandhagen Sandhagen's like two years ago, two or three years ago. Was it? Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, Corey Sandhagen had a couple fights that were like he. If you remember, he had that round of the year last year against Alcantara, or was yeah. that this year? That's what I'm saying. That was, was last it? year. Okay. Was last yeah, year. he debuted in the UFC January of 2018. Okay. So okay. he's been around almost two years okay. now. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. I think that I just don't like I, I was actually looking earlier. I yeah. was like, who else has debuted this year that's done anything along those lines? Um, was Sadiq Yusuf this year? He debuted late last year, I think. Okay. But yeah, he. But if you're going to just breakthrough, he's absolutely one of the breakthrough fighters of the year yeah. for sure. So not if, if not we, newcomer, but I mean, yeah. if we do breakthrough, you could probably still go with Rosenstruck. Yeah. I mean, he's now yeah, a top true. five heavyweight. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's top five heavyweight. So yeah. to go from making your debut to being a top five or even top ten fighter in, mm-hmm. in your respective weight class, I mean, that's largely unheard of. And so, although I'll be honest, I haven't been like. I hate to say I it's tough to say I can't I haven't been impressed with Rosenstruck's support, um, performances, but Overeem win I mean he was losing that fight and he was five seconds. I mean okay all credit to him for the knockout it was a great finish and he destroyed Alistair Overeem's lip but he was five seconds away from losing that fight I think Ngannou actually destroys him um, I think Rosenstruck has a future hundred percent in the division I think he's a bit too green right now though. I was just looking. When did Song Yudong debut? November yeah. 2017. <laughs> I was like, oh. yeah, more than So, two Nick, years you ago. agree? Yeah, Michelle Pereira, yeah. who's a newcomer of the year. Yes. Yeah. Michelle Pereira is an interesting answer 100%. because, uh, like, he's going to provide incredible entertainment for years to come. I don't want to say it, but, like, when did Greg Hardy debut? Was it this year? It was this year, January. Yeah, in January, right? Yeah. But he, what, two and two, right? Or two, yeah, two and two. Was no contest. Like two, two and no one. No contest. One, no contest. There, yeah. Yeah. Disqualification. You could yeah. also throw Cyril Gain in there. I mean, yeah, Rose 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 there you go. Especially this weekend if he gets another, like, yeah. quick yeah, finish. Yeah, it'll be 3-0. and oh, Yeah, that's true. All right. That's a good answer. Um, upset of the year. Um, Adam usually goes by the odds, but I'm going to throw it to you anyway. Yeah, to be honest, I was actually thinking about this. I'm not 100% sure what the odds are. Uh, there's a few that I, I penciled in here, but, uh, hmm, I'm, you know, I'll, I'm going to go with Uriah Faber against Ricky Simone because hmm, that one shocked it. me. Like, I couldn't believe he won that fight. Coming off three-year layoff, retired, came back, fighting a guy who's, I think he was literally 15 years younger than him, and uh, fought him in his hometown, knocks him out in, like, the first minute, I was, I was or whatever it was, first round. I was shocked. So, by the odds, I don't think it was. I think there may have been someone else, but... I, I no, the go. odds on that even weren't, weren't even that long. I guess Simone I think was, it was like, like plus minus 300 or something. I think it was more than that, wasn't it? Was it? Check yeah, it. I'll, I'll check, check it. But okay. yeah, um, that's my pick. I'll check it and you guys can give your picks. All right, Alex. Uh, Adam, you mentioned your fight of the year, uh, Tristan Conley, Mich- yeah. Michelle Pereira. That was a huge mm-hmm. upset. Yeah. Uh, Tristan Conley, I think, was on short notice. Was it Tristan Conley? He was on short yeah. notice. Yeah, it was oh, like yeah. eight days or Pereira something. missed weight and then Conley, uh, you know, won. And then, well, dominated, I guess, much of the fight, you know, and put mm-hmm. on a present performance. But uh, if we're going, I think, by odds, it's not the most, one of the biggest ones, though. Kama uh, Worthy beating uh, Devontae Smith, uh, I think, first round oh, knockout. Great pick. Yeah, UFC yeah, 241. That, that's, that's my pick, also. Yeah. Uh, Worthy, again, short notice, uh, less than a week's notice, I think. Smith was killing people. Smith was on a was on a, a streak of first round finishes, and then uh, Worthy comes in and turns the tables on him, and, uh, and and cuts a great promo too. Got to drop a lot of personality, so so big moment for him. And I think by odds, real quick, that was number one. Also. Was number one in the UFC, potentially, yeah. So. yeah, in the UFC, yeah. This was a bit of a struggle for me, if I'm being honest. Um, so I actually reached out to my good friends over at Verdict MMA. Mm. Uh, for those that don't know, Verdict MMA is a kind of a, it's an app, uh, it's a platform for kind of real time scoring and fight predictions from from fans and users around the world. 
And so Kamaru Usman's victory over Tyrone Woodley at UFC 235 in March, only 19% wow. oh, of the wow. global that's, that's of 19. I picked the <laughs> <of> verdict <laughs> MMA <laughs> picked Usman to win mm, that fight. That's crazy. Uh, so according to the statistics yeah. um, are, and, and the users of verdict MMA, that was mm-hmm. the, the upset of the year in yeah. terms of... That was on my shortlist also. Was it? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, it was on my shortlist just because uh, it seemed like nobody thought Usman was going to win. Like it seemed... Seemed like everybody was on Woodley in that fight, including myself, who who and I'm a big fan of Usman, and I was saying for years that he was going to be a champion, and then I just thought, from a matchup standpoint, how is he going to take down Woodley? How's he going to deal with Woodley's power? Woodley will stuff his takedown and knock him out. You know, you you envision these fights in your head, and often they don't go the way that you think they're going to. Uh, Nick, yeah, I like Canada's own Tristan Conley. That was uh, it wasn't like the picture perfect performance, thirty twenty seven domination, but just as far as like what that per- win meant and, and how it came to be. That was actually one of the performances of the year, in my opinion. Um, a, a lightweight fighter stepping in on five days' notice in his hometown um, or, or home state or home province, I should say, um, against a monster in Michelle Pereira who it just does all this crazy stuff in the cage. And people thought Pereira would destroy him. And Connelly just, uh, Connelly just used a, a very smart game plan he looked good, and uh, yeah, he got it done. He he got it done, and in a, in a fight that no one really, I mean, no one knew who he was mm-hmm. except for the BC MMA fans and hardcore Canadian MMA fans. People thought Pereira would would destroy this guy, and Connolly uh, proved everybody wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Kama Worthy over Devontae Smith. Like he was at a common concert on the Friday they yeah. got the call, <laughs> like to to take this fight. It was like I think eight or nine day, eight days I think before the fight. Um, he took him. He cut a ton of weight to make it. He's from Pittsburgh, where there's not like a ton of <laughs> MMA training, and he's also like a journeyman. Like I mean, Kama Worthy. If you look at his record, it's up and down for years and years and years. He finally gets an opportunity to shine. Devontae Smith considered a top prospect, knocking everybody out in the first round. Uh, Kama Worthy ends up knocking him out in the first round, and uh, I just thought that was the upset of the year. Yeah, I and think- he was he was awesome backstage. I've never heard somebody scream that loud backstage. He was so <laughs> happy. By the odds, I think you're right, actually. He was I'm like pretty plus sure. 700 or something. I just checked the Simone odds. He was only minus 350, favorite plus 320. Um, still significant. Yeah. Yeah. A couple other guys that I had penciled in as like honorable mentions. I was pretty surprised when Anthony Pettis beat Stephen Thompson. Yeah. That's another one. Like the way he, he was losing the fight and all of a sudden. Yeah, uh, showtime, showtime punch. Yeah, showtime yeah. punch, right? We've never seen that. And the other one I want to mention was uh, your pick for uh, light heavyweight champion Alexander Gustafson losing to Anthony Smith. That's another fight that mm. I was shocked. I, I picked that, Smith in that fight. Yeah. Well, I, I sure didn't. You know, I was, <laughs> I was very surprised when he pulled off that rear naked choke. I believe in round four, and he, it was the fight I believe he was losing up until that point. So there were there were some good upsets this year for sure. That might have been the only like really good pick I had this year was <laughs> Anthony Smith. I, I was like so confident that Anthony Smith was going to win that fight. Um, but yeah. I think you also have to look at how it was done, like the Kama Worthy knockout in the first round, mm-hmm. the Faber, the way the Faber yeah. finished that fight so quickly, um, and even Connolly, the way that he kind of weathered that crazy storm yeah, in the first, crazy. and then was able to kind of put it on him in rounds two and three. So uh, kudos to all of those picks for upset of the year. All right, now this is probably my favorite part of the show. This is our hot takes. <laughs> One-star hot takes, two-star hot takes, three-star hot takes. Uh, last year, I just let everybody go one, two, three-star. I want to go around the table this time and do one at a time. So let's uh, let's start with the one star pick. Nick, we'll start with you. Well, this might not be a hot take. Maybe it's, it's not a, supposed to be that a, hot of a take. It's, well, it's a this cool is mild take. salsa right now. <laughs> I I think uh, the Nigerian nightmare Usman will emerge as a bit of a star this year. Um, I think when we beat Woodley, and he's never been that that Masvidal level star as we saw in 2019 or 
I mean, is Usman the next Conor McGregor in terms of star power? Probably not. But I think this win over Colby gained him a a lot of fans, maybe a new audience. There, there was a lot of people talking about that fight that aren't interested in MMA, largely because of Colby's antics and everything he said going in, and they were happy that Kamaru won that fight. Um, and I think if Usman can keep on winning, and which I expect he'll be able to, especially in the fashion he beat Colby in with knockouts and, and impressive finishes, if, if he went to the decision against Colby, I think maybe there's still a chance of this happening, but it'd be a different story. I think that finish was real important. I think Kamaru can emerge as, as one of the UFC's bigger stars this year. Sandu. Okay, so my, my, uh, my one-star hot take. Zufa boxing will become a reality uh, in terms of signing fighters and holding events. So recently we've seen Dana White and Floyd Mayweather kind of schmoozing uh, at a basketball game. I think it was a Lakers game or something against the Celtics. And um, I don't know if that was them just trying to win social media for the day. But then you see Clarissa Shields being invited to the UFC event. And you start to kind of wonder, you know, they, they already announced it. There was a T-shirt. There, there was, you know, there's no smoke without fire. And I, and I think, you know, heading into 2020, but just also when you kind of think about the, 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 the wider landscape in terms of sports and broadcast rights and live sports and, and where Dana White has experience in this deal with ESPN, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and just providing more content, whether it is to ESPN or if it's for UFC Fight Pass. I think there's something happening, and I think 2020 is a year where that becomes a reality. All right, Alex. I'm looking. At, I'm gonna look, look at Schmecker closely while I make this prediction because it involves the PFL. Ooh. <laughs> so I want to know if he <laughs> if he flinches. We'll know how close this is to being real. The PFL will enter into a business relationship with the UFC. It's ESPN broadcasting buddy, uh, giving some UFC fighters the options to uh, t- to enter PFL tournaments and use that as as contracts on their uh, to use up fights on their contract. Will it be two way? Will the PFL no. go to the UFC? No, it's only going to go the one way. It's okay. only going to go them. You know, if, if there's UFC fighters who are complaining about inactivity or something, it's like well. You're allowed to go, you know, you're allowed to go by an interesting tournament. All right. I, I was just watching Chewbacca's face. Yeah. He's doing I, the poker face. He's covering his mouth. Did he blink? <laughs> no, he's covering his mouth he's the whole time. He's like playing okay. poker, man. So that means there's something, <laughs> there was something there then. There's something there. Oh, I, I think there's something okay. there. We'll it's, see, a good, it's a good thing this is an audio-only po- podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my one-star take, uh, women's featherweight division folds. I, I don't believe in this division. There's like two or three fighters in it. Um, when you're... Gatekeeper to get a title shot is Zara Farron, Dos Santos, who <laughs> Felicia Spencer mm-hmm. and Megan Anderson are fighting to get their, their big fights. I don't believe in this. Division. Don't forget Norma Dumont. Oh, How dare you? Yes, fighting Megan Anderson. Never heard of her <laughs> either. Yeah, there's no way this division is going to last. I think Amanda Nunes will be the last champion, and I, I don't see it ever coming back, to be honest with you, Aaron. Maybe 20 years down the road. It's just not a division that I believe the UFC wants to promote. Norma Dumont sounds like an actress from the 40s. <laughs> um, I'm My number one... Uh, Take one star. Take mild salsa. UFC holds a card in Montreal for the first time in five years. Mild. It's been a while, eh? Yeah, it's That'd been be nice. five years, but I think that this is the year that they, the last they one come was back. Horiguchi and and I think DJ? so. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't and a DJ. good event for them either. Yeah, people were leaving. Covered in the main top event. Part, yeah. All right, Nick. Yeah, actually, I think further to that, I think that's the lowest gate that they did for any pay per view in the last five years. Was it? Yeah. Was that? It was that event? Good. Yeah. All right, Nick. I think we will finally see the return of. One Nick Diaz. <laughs> All right, two, two star. Um, two star uh, I, I, I think Nick Diaz, if he's ever going to come back, it needs to be against someone he feels makes sense for him. And there hasn't really been that that fighter over the past five years since that Anderson Silva fight in 2015. And I think we have that fighter in Jorge Masvidal. Uh, Diaz expressed interest in Masvidal after Masvidal beat his younger brother Nate. 
Jorge expressed interest in fighting Nick, and uh, that's a big fight. Nick Diaz is a moneymaker. He's been out for a long time, so maybe that doesn't hold true entirely, but I still think he, he would be a draw. Masvidal certainly is a draw now. Um, throw them in the cage together. I think that's that's a fun fight. Makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, I, I think Nick Diaz might just come back for that fight. I hate it, but continue, Sandu. I just don't want to see it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> the UFC will hold an event in Africa. Oh, oh I love so this. Awesome. I love yeah. this. So yeah. they've, they've pretty much held uh, events in every other continent in the world except Africa, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, when, and when you look at like champions like Usman, Adesanya, stars like Nganu and, and, and a, a whole host of other fighters come, emerging from that continent, um, or at least in part their heritage and their bloodline mm-hmm. is from, is so from the, that Sadiq continent. Yusuf is another good example. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I just think, why not strike while the iron is hot? There's momentum building. Um, there's other promotions already kind of, you know, um, maturing the market and the fan base there. There's broadcast deals in place. So I think the time is now to, to hold an event there. Yeah, I love that. That's why I say I love that prediction. I, I'm shocked they haven't been there yet. It's crazy, yeah. right? Like, it's 20, 2020 next year. EFC Africa has been holding events for years. Like, mm-hmm. it's time for the UFC to go. They're a great pick, Jermichael. All right. Alex, such a classy hot take, and I'm going to spoil it right now. It's <laughs> probably the worst hot take I, I imagine it'll be all of these. All credit and blame goes to uh, Buddy Elbow's Tim Bissell for this, uh, right. for this <laughs> suggestion, by the way. Uh, BJ Penn joins uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Oh, my God. Uh, that's, that's all that's I'm going to say. It's not a bad prediction. <laughs> it could certainly happen. All right, Adam. Yeah, I wish I knew anything about that. I, hot we, take. We, don't even talk, we don't know anything about BJ, what's going on with him. <laughs> um, I still think he does sign with Belter, though, if you had, if you had to ask me. Uh, my my uh, number two uh, hot take. Actually, this was recently in the news. Galerium Cruz at MMA Fighting interviewed Henry Cejudo, and he said he would retire if he doesn't get paid. And that's going to be my second uh, star hot take. I think he will hang up his gloves, not because he can't fight, but because the UFC is not going to pay him what he deserves and what he feels like he deserves. And I think he will eventually fight, uh, hang his gloves up. I don't know if he's going to even fight Pyrion, to be honest with you. He might not even fight him. He might just end up retiring. So that, that's going to be my number two hot take, and it's something that was in the news recently. Yeah, somebody predicted that last year, that one of, or two years ago, actually, that one of like the, a superstar in their prime would retire yeah. uh, or a champion or something along those lines. Um, my two-star hot take, Tyson Fury signs with the UFC to debut in 2021. So he signs in against 2020. Who? Against who? Against a very low-level heavyweight <laughs> that he can beat up on. L- listen, if Greg Hardy can yeah. have success in the UFC... Training yeah, for two oh, years. Yeah. Yeah. Tyson Fury can beat heavyweights in the UFC. Like, I think boxing, and the I hate the boxing MMA crossover stuff. I honestly hate it. But I think that if you're going to cross over from boxing to MMA, heavyweight is the only place where you could do it and have some real success. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be my uh, two-star hot take, which is a pretty hot take. It's a little spicy. All right, three-star hot take. Where we've got This is like suicide, uh, Armageddon-level hot wing uh, hot take. From uh, what? Why don't we go the other way? We'll start with you, Adam. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. My third hot take. I have a feeling Nick's got something hot. He was giving me a look. Nick's sweating, man. He's so yeah, hot. Exactly. All right. My third hot. My third star hot take. The UFC will release Anderson Silva, and he will sign with Bellator. I okay. believe this will happen. I think the Silva's done, and I think the UFC will probably have him fight one more time, and that will be it. But he will not want to retire. He will want to keep fighting, and Bellator will sign him. I don't know who he's going to fight in Bellator, but I think we will see Anderson Silva in Bellator by the end of 2020. And and you know what? If you want to say BJ Penn as well, I'll throw him in there as well. Uh, my three-star hot take. Dana White is no longer president of the... No, <laughs> I've, given, the I've given up on that. I've given, if anything, I will say, he, he, I'll say, I think he looks... the uh, This year, I think he really figured out the ESPN-UFC relationship. He, he's I think he's uh, more controlled than ever. Hold up, is this your real actual take? 
No, no, gosh, okay. no. I'm done predicting that. It, okay. That'll happen whenever it, whenever it happens. Maybe, maybe he'll outlast okay. all of us. Uh, I don't know if he's leaving the UFC. <laughs> time, so that, I'm, not, I'm done predicting that. No. Uh, but I'll say, Cejudo retiring? That's a hot take? No. You know what's a hot take? John Jones retires Ooh. in 2020. That all is right. muy caliente, all right? He turns 33 in July. I say he maybe captures, this kind of goes against some of my other predictions, but maybe captures two titles, you know, goes up, gets a heavyweight, says, I'm good, leaves the door open for comeback, and then uh, comes back in uh, 2021. Sandu. <laughs> My final hot take is the UFC will introduce a 165-pound weight class. <laughs> so Dana, Dana White, which is why it's a hot take. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Dana White is adamant that it'll never happen. Um, but I feel as though there's more momentum. There's more, you know, stories. Uh, I feel like there was more momentum at this time last year when we did this <laughs> podcast. Like made the same prediction. This may have been the same hot take from it was. 20. Was it? Yeah, I think so it was again, maybe I, mean, I did. It was me. <laughs> no, maybe, you, you both did it. <laughs> you both did it. I'm going to go look. So, so maybe I was a year too soon on that one, too. <laughs> this was your three-star hot take last year, the exact same. <laughs> level of spiciness. I'm not saying it was Adam's one star last oh, year. It's even and hotter more now though because that's true. four star hot Yeah, because Dana's kind of doubled down on like this is not <laughs> happening. And I didn't copy cut paste my uh, prediction from last year. <laughs> um, no, I mean I feel as though this is kind of like more momentum I hope <laughs> this year versus last year. Um, and if he's going to get rid of the, the flyweight division, if he's going to get rid of the bantamweight division in the, in, the, in the women's weight class, then why not introduce um, a 165 pound weight class to kind of uh, make up for it in so in so many terms. So that's my hot take. All right, Nick. For the record, only reason I was giving you that weird look was because I was going to say, is your third hot take something like Serena Williams going over to the? No. <laughs> we, did did, did you see my about, tweet? Yeah, yeah so, there was uh, yeah. a reference to Curry Champions. Uh, Tweet that I think is one of the worst takes in the history of uh, MMA. Even though, like, she MMA is not really her wheelhouse, but yeah, it's, it was basically the the tweet was uh, there was a video of uh, Serena Williams hitting a punching bag, and she tweeted five years ago, I think that it, would Serena beat Ronda Rousey in the octagon if she had the skill set? <laughs> it's like, well, if she had the skill set, I, I mean, I, I think if any one had the skill set to beat someone, they would win, right? Yeah. right? I mean, anyways, go ahead, Nick. My third star hot take is Khabib Nurmagomedov. Retires from lots of retired oh, yeah. 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 And this might not even be a third star hot take, to be honest, because he's talked about retirement before. He said he doesn't want to fight when he's not in his prime. He wants to step away on top, kind of like GSP did back in 2013. Obviously, he came back, and maybe Khabib would come back. I don't know. Yeah, we haven't um, had any GSP coming back uh, hot takes no. this year, yeah, which surprises me. It, but he's um, done. His Khabib's father has talked about he thinks 30 and 0 would be a good record to step away at. That only needs two more wins. Um, and also, I think Khabib, I think in 2020, we might see some going head-to-head between him and, and the UFC brass and Dana White. Um, we saw that clip of Khabib uh, responding to Dana White saying that Connor would probably get a title shot against him or Ferguson if he beats Cowboy, and Khabib saying, no, he needs to win 10 in a row. And I think it might, I mean, again, this is a hot take, but I think it could get to a point where Dana's wanting to give Connor the, the Khabib rematch, and Khabib just says no and walks away. I think Khabib could retire this year. All right. Uh, my three-star hot take, Conor McGregor fights in the UFC next month for the final time. He loses the Cowboy Cerrone. Doesn't want to come back because it was a bad loss and calls it a day. You're, you're predicting Cowboy to beat him too? Yes. So we're That's saying spicy. we're saying combined in 2020, no Habib, no <laughs> yeah. the, U- Jones, the UFC no in 2021 is going to be terrible. It's going to be rough. Yeah, who's been the star? As yeah. I said, and, and then who's won the day? Yeah, is he's a big star? Yeah, lots of big stars. But like, and I will dissect this fight further. It's it's a month from now. But let me let me just give you guys a couple factors here. I'm going to ask all of you 
Raise your hand, even though there's a podcast, I'll, I'll point out the answer. Raise your hand if you think that in the last year, Conor McGregor has trained harder than Cowboy Cerrone or more often than Cowboy Cerrone. Not a single hand is up. This fight's at 170 pounds. How many people has Conor McGregor knocked out at 170 pounds? Zero people. How many people have knocked out Cowboy at 170 pounds? What is it, two? Till. You got Darren Till, who was like 230 pounds at the time. Masvidal. Did Masvidal knock him out? Yeah, Masvidal yeah. knocked him out. So two guys with crazy power. Um, who's, who's better at kicking, Cerrone or McGregor? Who's better at grappling, Cerrone or McGregor? Who's got the more powerful punches? Connor. We've got one thing. Am I missing anything? Who's got the better cardio? Chin, too. Yeah, Connor's got the better extracted. chin. Who's yeah. got the better chin? Probably yeah. Connor. Yeah. Uh, for, but for but, everyone who's keeping up at home and, and doing the arithmetic on your own board at home, <laughs> I want you to take all of Aaron's extremely valid points, yeah, by the point, way, Aaron. and then divide by MMA. And then yeah. that's why I say Four gloves. pick Connor. Or, 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 or not necessarily pick Connor, but that's why you might pick Connor. It's just, MMA I just, is I just so think wild. that Connor's putting himself at a massive disadvantage yes, by having this fight at 170 pounds. Yeah. I think if it was 155, my, my view would be a little bit different. Yeah. But I think that, like, Connor's been training at the boxing club this year. Like, he hasn't been doing full MMA training. If he thinks that on two months' notice or like an eight week camp is going to be enough to get him right back into the game against Cerrone, who, need I remind you, is ranked, what, fourth or fifth in the division? Right. Not necessarily, you know, he shouldn't necessarily be. Who knows? These guys that make the rankings, they, they kind of shoot fast and loose with the rules. But let's just keep that in mind. I mean, there are a lot of things going against Connor going into that fight. Um, and if he and everybody's talking about, oh well, he's going to beat him, and then he's going to face, you know, he's going to face Masvidal in the middle of the year, and then he's going to face Khabib at the end of the year. This isn't pro wrestling, guys. We're not writing scripts here. We're not. We're not writing. This, there's no creative team involved. Obviously, in a perfect world, that's what the UFC would like to see happen. That's what Conor would like to see happen. But he needs to win the fight. Was this fight? Was the announcement delayed because they figured out the weight class? Like, do you know anything about any of that stuff? Um, I think there were a lot of terms being worked on. I don't know if the weight class was one of them. Right. But. Uh, yeah, and this is also a five round. Or this is a five round. Yeah, fight, it's five rounds. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I mean, again, cardio coming into play. Mm. Um, so just just putting all these things out there. I right? could end in the first round. Connor could knock him out. Who knows? Mm. And that's I think what, the way that most people think this fight's going to end. But so there's just it, a lot to consider here because when people start talking about Connor, we start getting ahead of ourselves. It's mm-hmm. happened for years, and that's why Floyd was a minus three hundred favorite against him <laughs> in a boxing match. Like Connor's able to will things into existence, but he hasn't done it for three years. Yeah. And I respect Conor McGregor. I respect his striking, and I, I think that he definitely has what, what it takes to knock out Cowboy Cerrone, but I think a lot of people are jumping the gun here. Just If it was at 55, would you be picking Conor, or would you stick I, with I would. I would probably be thinking he had a, a much better chance of winning the fight, um, but a lot of those same things I said would apply. Yeah. It's just Cowboy is still a great fighter at 155, yeah. and he does, the reason why I thought he lost a lot of fights at 170 was the size deficit. I mean, Masvidal should never have been fighting at 55. Look at how good he is at 170. But then you have guys like Diaz who take three years off and come back mm-hmm. and beat Anthony Pettis. So. But Pettis also shouldn't be fighting at 170. That's true. Right? Maybe Diaz shouldn't either. Yeah, maybe Diaz shouldn't either. Look, look at him against Jorge. But, uh, yeah, so just some food for thought for everybody. Actually, bring up Nate Diaz. I think if... Connor's in a good spot here because if he wins, or like you're saying, he would retire, and I, I, I could see that happening if he does lose. But if he loses, I think he fights yeah, Nate Diaz. The Diaz that, that is a definitely, right there. definitely a possibility. And if he wins, that's he could why fight that's why it's a three alarm fire. <laughs> all right, it's all right. Like, it's so hot in here right now. Yeah, I know, right? All right, fight you're most looking forward to in 2020. Uh, let's go with ones that are booked. I've got Dream Fight as the next one. So fights that are currently booked that you're most looking forward to in 2020. 
Adam. It's got to be Habib and Tony, but I don't want to jinx it, man. It's the, with the yeah, why, don't we take, why don't we take Habib and Tony off the table oh, just okay. for safety? No, no, you don't take that table. You know why? Because it's definitely going to happen. So right. that should be all that of our That should have been your three-star hot take. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> fights are... Okay. Um, I, Francis and Gano versus Yardino and Rosenstruck. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be a fun fight. Someone's going to get knocked out. It should be a good one. All right, so should we take Tony and Khabib off the table? Yeah, take it off the table. No. Okay. Okay, no, I, 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 need to, I refuse his, to play so. by the rules. Ferguson Khabib right. is the fight to look forward to in 2020. It is one of the it. all-time greatest fights. It's going to happen. No one needs to be concerned about anything. There's no such thing as jinxes, and uh, and you know MMA is a real sport. Okay. So uh, <laughs> this is look. This is I, I'm going. I'm going Ferguson Khabib. You cannot change my mind. You guys can take Ferguson. What did Tony say about people that, that that think that there's a curse that you shouldn't watch MMA? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so Not maybe right. we should take that into consideration and just think that let, let's say that it is going to happen. That's your fight. That, it's got to be. Yeah. yeah I think it's got to be. It's kind of like the Super Bowl of MMA. It's a matchup that has been years in the making, fifth time being booked. Yep. Dan, did you have a different answer? Or? I mean, look, it's Khabib Tony for sure, but if that's off the table, for me, it's Connor Cowboy. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I love it when there's big spectacle fights taking place in our sport that just bring more eyeballs to our mm-hmm. sport. And it, and it just provides more opportunities for everybody involved in the business and the industry. Um, so I, I love it when those kind of moments happen. And to be honest with you, those kind of moments happen few and far between. Uh, maybe once, maybe twice a year. And so Conor McGregor fights are one of those events that kind of ticks that box. So for me, if it's not Khabib Tony, which as a hardcore fight fan, we've been salivating at the mouth mm-hmm. of this fight to happen for years. It's the return of Conor McGregor. All right, Nick. I'm just trying to think of fights that I'm looking forward to even remotely close to Khabib Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. I can't come up with <laughs> the them. Same I, way, I can't. Yeah. Um, it's Khabib Tony. The, this has been booked four times before, fifth time's a charm, I hope. <laughs> um, yeah, it, these are two... Maybe the two best featherweights of all time. Maybe um, both guys are on unbelievable runs. I just, I, I just hope it happens. You mean lightweights? Lightweight. What did I say? Featherweights. featherweights yeah. Lightweights. I mean, they would be the best featherweights of all time <laughs> if they, if they yeah. could make that. that we've been in this. Class. We've been in this yeah. recording for like four hours. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Khabib and Tony also. And uh, second to that, I think I'd go with Sandu. I, I'm very interested to see what happens at this Connor Tony fight. If I didn't do a good job of selling the uh, the opponent there and getting people even more intrigued and wetting their appetite, then I don't know what will. But uh, I think people need to think about these things. Um, so uh, the next uh, topic will be dream fight for 2020. All right, Adam, we'll start with you. Gotta go with John Jones and Adesanya, man. That's the fight I want to see. I want to see it next, to be honest with you. But uh, it looks like Adesanya wants to defend that middleweight belt a few times. And I respect that. He respects the belt. He says, you know, I got to respect this title and, and defend it against guys who've earned the title shot. So that's cool. But personally, I want to see Jones versus Adesanya. You, one of you, who is it that predicted Jones retires? Was it you, Trucker? So. Oh, I did. Alex, Alex yeah. predicted it, right? I really hope that doesn't happen, Alex, because <laughs> I. I really believe Adesanya might be the guy who beats John Jones. I think with the striking he can and the length and the reach, he can actually give John some problems. I know he's too small, maybe like 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 physically wise, but like he's kind of he's kind of a skinny guy, right? But I just feel like with his skill set, he can actually give John Jones a problem. So if there's any fight I may want to see, John Jones versus Israel Adesanya. All right. Uh, see, the problem is Izzy is me busy with uh, my fantasy fight of 2020. Oh. Uh, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I feel like once uh, Michelle Pereira figures out he doesn't belong in welterweight, <laughs> yes. I'm not done talking about Michelle Pereira. I'll never be done fight. talking about Demolidora, yeah. all right? He's going to go up to 185 at some <laughs> point next year, uh, somehow string together two wins, and somehow book a middleweight title fight with Adesanya in the last quarter of 2020. I don't know how. There's fantasy fights we're talking about here. Fight, yeah. That's a fight I would love to see. So uh, Michelle Pereira, Israel Adesanya. All right. 
Sandu. Dream fight for me is uh, Khabib Namagomedov versus George St. Pierre. I thought you were going to say Tony Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> it is a dream fight. <laughs> it, is point, it is a dream fight. So, I don't have yet. I don't want GSP to return. I think he's got probably the perfect fight career. I think he's the greatest of all time. But when you think about MMA retirements, you just know that in this sport, that doesn't generally stick. We saw, we saw Uriah Faber come back this year, for example. Now, I'd love if love it if George was one of those guys that kind of stuck to it. But because giving his age... Seeing what he looks like, he's still in the gym every day. He was kind of working out Rory McDonald uh, when we went to film with him the other day. Um, he's in fantastic shape. And I think it's the only fight that would potentially lure him back anyway, just to add uh, to his incredible legacy. And it's a fight that Khabib wants as well. And I think, you know, if they both want it, um, that's two powerful entities in this business that could perhaps try and get that fight done. Uh, and I'd love to see it, like in terms of just like like the fight playing out in my mind. Like you got two two guys who have been able to implement the wrestling and the grappling element um, in MMA better than anybody else. Um, so for me, that's like a, a dream uh, situation or a dream fight uh, this year. All right, Nick. I would love to see John Jones fight Francis Ngannou. I think that would just be so intriguing um, to see how John Jones, his expertise and his creativity on the feet sort of goes head-to-head with Francis Ngannou, which is sheer power. Um, Ngannou, if if anybody catches John Jones on the feet and knocks him out, it probably would be a guy like Francis Ngannou. And if anybody can pick Ngannou apart on the feet, it's probably John Jones. I don't know how that would go. I think it could be a, a coin toss fight. I would love to see it. Yeah, I have the same answer as you, so I'm going to just throw something different out that was kind of my, my runner-up. And that's Khabib versus Gaethje. I mean, let, let's not yeah, think too hard point. about that. This is a fight that could actually happen this year. Um, and if Ferguson does lose to Khabib, we just, we'll know how good Khabib is. But just the idea of Gaethje kind of walking forward, stuffing takedowns, putting it on him, there's always the chance that Gaethje could beat him. And I just think that that would just be a fun fight to watch. I know that the uh, GSP versus Khabib is something that a lot of people are talking about. I just don't think it would be as interesting of a fight. Um, the the prospect of GSP beating Khabib is crazy to me. I, I think it would just be amazing to see. When I say crazy, I don't mean out of the, like, not going to happen, but I just, that concept kind of blows my mind, and that's kind of the intrigue of watching that particular fight. But Gaethje versus Khabib, just as a fun fight, even Gaethje versus Ferguson, if Ferguson wins, like, these are these are dream fights that I would love to see. Gaethje versus anybody is pretty much a dream fight. Maybe maybe Gaethje moves up to 170 and fights Demolador at, uh, in the welterweight division. I, I'm just getting, uh, you know, you, you revved up. I'm frothing at the mouth right now. All right, uh, surprise fighter of 2019. Uh, we'll start with you, Nick. Jorge Masvidal. Um, this guy. Good answer. He had the he had a non-existent 2018. Didn't fight last year, and uh, he he was just not on anybody's radar going into fight Darren Till. This was supposed to be Darren Till's bounce back fight coming off the Tyron Woodley title fight last September. It was in London. It it was a, a home country fight for Till. He was the fed, uh, favorite betting wise going in. Masvidal was on a two-fight losing streak, no momentum. This was there until his fight to, to lose, and Jorge Masvidal just took advantage of that, knocked him out cold. And then just to see him follow up with the Ben Askren knockout, Nate Diaz, no one would have called even remotely this to happen, this career turnaround, this resurgence for, for Gamebred, and it was really incredible to watch. All right, Sandu. If you told me a year ago that 2019 would end with Jorge Masvidal as one of the biggest superstars in the sport, Given his age and you know the the status of his career in 2018, I wouldn't have believed you. But that's exactly what he is. So how he how is he not the surprise fighter of 2019? Alex, I'm the same with that. It's one reason why I didn't discuss him much during our fighter of the year thing because I, I knew I was going to reward him with with this. 
Uh, it's like you mentioned before, he hadn't even fought in 2018. Uh, as Nick mentioned, the Darren Till fight, that was a showcase for Till, not for Masvidal. Uh, this is his 16th year of MMA competition, Ori Masvidal, and that's not even counting all the street fighting and all the stuff he'd done before. And to break out like this, is it's just unprecedented. And I'll just throw out another name out there. Um, uh, well, well, hold on. Don't throw, it more. Oh. Don't throw it names. Oh. We, everybody has to give their answer. You can oh, throw no, names. no, let him throw it. Okay, go ahead. It's not throw super. Uh, it's not super. Uh, just a shout out to Jared Kanier. Jared Kanier, I will I say, many too. people knew better than yeah, I did. I did not think he'd be a contender at middleweight. I, I was impressed with what I'd seen, but I was like, eh, what's he going to do? He beats Anderson Silva. Always a good name to have in your record. And then uh, Jack Hermanson fight was, uh, was also really impressive. So a little bit of a surprise for him as well. Yeah, right, I mean, I think Rosenstruck's a good pick, Like, but we already picked him for a surprise fighter. I I'd go with uh with sorry, excuse me for newcomer I, for surprise fire I I go with Zhang I I'm shocked mm. she won the title mm-hmm. uh, she was not someone that was really on my radar now she's on a 20 fight win streak now she's coming off a 46 second TKO win over Andrade and now she's looking like maybe one of the better female fighters in the world so I guess that would be my pick you, and, Brendan, you and Brendan Schaub were shocked mm-hmm. Brendan Schaub was like who is this Chinese well yeah he didn't know who she was <laughs> at least I knew who she was she yeah. killed I have the same answer as you oh, I, nice. have, I have I uh, have Zhang Beili. Who, um, if people are looking at me crazy when I pronounce name like that, but that's how her team yeah. told me it's pronounced. Right. So um, mm-hmm. I'm wrong. So uh, yeah, I no, you don't 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 say you're wrong. It's not everybody knows that. Um, I was looking about the with the UFC. She says. was two and zero with wins over who was like Danielle Taylor, yeah. and who was the other win over? I don't even remember. It was over. Uh, oh, uh, it was uh, what's her name? Aguilar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, like nobody, she was on nobody's radar entering this year. Uh, at least Jorge Masvidal was on people's radar. People know who knew who he was, mm. obviously, because mm-hmm. if you follow MMA, you know who Jorge Masvidal is. But uh, Zhang, if you would have told me like that there would be a Chinese champion in 2019, like I wouldn't have been able to guess who it was. I probably would have guessed like Li Jinglang or something. But mm-hmm. like it, she came out, out of absolutely nowhere. She got a title shot out of absolutely nowhere, and she beat Jessica Andrade within a minute in a, a, a division where there are so few finishes uh, by knockout. Period. She finishes her in the first minute of the fight, uh, and just came again completely out of nowhere. I, I, I like. I'm shocked that she is where she is right now. Nobody knew who she was really entering this year, uh, aside from the diehards, um, or thought that she'd be able to do what she did. So kudos to her. By the way, you know, you know the video package they play before the uh, pay per view starts. Yeah. Did they just change it for the last one? Because they changed it, I think, for all of them. Okay, because I noticed uh, Li Jing Lang was in it. I was like, yes, okay, the yeah. Leech, because I love him. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. I haven't been to a live one in. Uh, Probably since last year. I think year. they change them like at, before every card. They like add, they they add stuff if if cool. it, it's warranted. They'll add something, yeah. but I don't think they like necessarily change it. Changes. Li, Li Jingliang deserved it. All right, um, and uh, finally, who do you want to see debut in the UFC in 2020? Adam, we'll start with you. Well, I, you know what? We're all going to pick probably the same two guys: Douglas Lima and Patricio Pitbull. So I'll let one of you guys, other guys, talk about them because I know someone else here is going to pick those guys. I'm going to go a little bit off the grid and say Kai Asukara on oh, yeah. Ryzen. He knocked out Kyoji Horiguchi. He just beat uh, Yuka Sasaki. This guy has incredible knockout power. You know, Kyoji Horiguchi, you asked me a year ago, would I have assumed he would have dropped his belt? Probably not. Like, this guy, he was a double champion in Rising and Bellator, and now he's not a champ. I think either, that, yeah. Yeah, and I think this guy could rematch him, and if he, if he beats him again, the UFC's got to sign him. But I think Bellator might have first dibs because they have the, the uh, agreement now. But I think that would be a guy I'd love to see, because I think he could be any flyweight in the UFC right now. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, is Koji not still the Ryzen? That was a non-title fight. Is he not still? Oh, you're right. He is he still the Ryzen. He I, think, I, think he, I think he relinquished both he, of them. Oh, did he? Oh, okay, yeah. maybe. Okay, okay. Um, because I think Asakura's fighting for the title, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Against men yeah. Cape. Cape. Yeah, yeah against, that's another yeah, guy you Cape. like, right? Right. Yeah. Good prospect. Good. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, I, I can't wait for 2021. I need my Tyson Fury in the UFC now. <laughs> All right. Uh, you changing your answer? I, I don't love Tyson Fury's personality, but I will say, you like absolutely of the of the boxers who could who just 
are a good fit for MMA in so many ways and could have success, especially in heavyweight. Uh, Tyson Fury, he's he's the one to do it. I mean, he's working out with Darren Till. They got the same management. The the door is 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 really it's it's more than slightly ajar. Uh, he's a, he's a WWE superstar. Uh, the guy can do it all. So yeah, the Gypsy King, I think, is coming over too. Let uh, the Wilder first. fight happen first, though. I, like, I need <laughs> we, I need to see that rematch. Yeah, I thought I was going to be the crazy one with the Tyson Fury no. quarterback. Shouts to to Alex over there. <laughs> I love it. I don't want to wait till twenty twenty one. I want a little bit of crazy every year from our sport. And having Tyson Fury come over, uh, matching him up with you know a low level you know heavyweight, some you know some good matchmaking there, just for a bit of spectacle. Again, get some brand new eyeballs in the sport. Why not? Let's do it. Tyson Fury, twenty twenty. All right, Nick. So I understood this category a bit differently than everyone else because my answer, I feel, is maybe the most realistic. I took a prospect on the come up, maybe can make his octagon debut. But, hey, I would love to see someone like Patricio Pitbull or Douglas Lee, maybe even Tyson Fury. Get to it, Baldwin. I would, I would get on board. TJ Laramie, Windsor Zone. <laughs> I think uh, it is his time to make his debut. He, TKO champion, now fighting for, I believe it's prospect fighting championships in Windsor. Um, it just kind of has felt like he he put together a winning streak, lose a big fight, put put another one together, lose a, one fight. I think now he's uh, get getting a little older. He's like 22, 23 now. I think I think he'll make his debut this year. That's an extremely vanilla answer. What does that mean? I don't know, but look at the the bottom of my sheet of uh, who I had selected as well. <laughs> TJ Laramie. I would like really? to see TJ wow. Laramie uh, debut in the UFC next year. I mean, yeah, I, I I think you might have misunderstood the question. It's not like who's your dream, you know, who would you like to see as a prospect? I mean, you, you can take and interpret it the way you guys do. I didn't but... misunderstand anything. I stand by it. Okay, well, fair enough. He is an <laughs> MMA prospect. He's 0-0 in MMA. He's a prospect. <laughs> uh, but yeah, TJ Laramie has just been on the regional scene for a long time in Canada. He's very young. Uh, his brother Tony's also very good. Unfortunately, had his recent fight canceled uh, at Prospect, but um, TJ Laramie keeps winning in the regional scene. I think that that he has to enter the UFC at some point this year, um, and I, I would like to see him there. I just think that we need more good Canadians in the UFC, and that TJ Laramie is a solid prospect who keeps getting better and better. He's just so young, and um, he already has a really accomplished resume. So uh, looking forward to seeing him. And Louis Jordan is another one that I think, if you want to look at Canadian prospects, uh, Charles' is younger brother. Um, I know that Stefan Patria has told me that he thinks Louis Jordan will be like a player in the UFC. So it will take some time. He's like 19 or 20. You think Charles is probably going to win this weekend too, I'm guessing, right? Um, no, I, I don't necessarily think that, but I think he has a shot. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if I, uh, if I would go and outright pick him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that it's the style of fight that he relishes and embraces, but... That doesn't necessarily mean he'll beat Duho Choi. What's with all the Canadians fighting on that card anyways? I, I know. There's three Canadians and there's Cyril Gane, who was a champion <laughs> in those, Canada. Uh, some of those, I think, uh, Asian fighters were on the la- were like the recent Canada card as well. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is weird. Yeah. The, the matchmakers must be like, oh, Canada, Asia. They might be close. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the timing just worked out that way. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's kind of funny. I was looking at how many yeah. people. Yeah. It is kind of odd. Uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you for this. Oh, this is an, another, year, <laughs> another year of predictions in the books. Um, I'm uh, looking forward to next year already because... So much happens in a year. It's it's quite amazing. Yeah. Like we forget, like that, almost forget that Dillashaw like fought Cejudo this year, got suspended. Like all this stuff has happened. That like Greg Hardy's fought four times. Like these are things that that mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, you know, they're not really on your radar. And that all the, all these crazy things happen. Like Sandu said, it's always fun when the sport has uh, a little bit of flavor to it. Some stuff that's unexpected. And I think that next year has the potential to be a huge year for the UFC. Uh, just just based on Connor coming back in a month, uh, Khabib versus Tony. Uh, there's just a lot to look forward to next year. So uh, thank you guys for doing that with me. Sandu, yeah, you want to sign off? Yeah, I just want to say before I kind of uh, leave, it's great to be back here talking to my ex-colleagues in, in the media game. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention 
uh, that the PFL had given me the afternoon off uh, to come down to the TSN <laughs> studios. Um, and so I, I just want to mention that the year isn't over. The year is not yeah, over yet, true. guys. But we still have the yes. card and boost on your right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and the PFL's year-end card, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a great so card. Ryzen as well. The yeah. final oh, MMA yeah. event of the year, the final MMA event of the decade. It ends at like 11 p.m. I yeah. like that. The ball doesn't drop until the belts are raised, Aaron. Six world title fights, six $1 million belts, six cramp champions will be uh, crowned. TSN. Uh, here in Canada. I was going to say, can you remind me where it airs? Absolutely. <laughs> TSN, TSN in Canada, 7 p.m. Eastern time and ESPN2 in the U.S. And, and I will say, I think we can all agree here, it's fantastic that there will be six millionaires. Uh, we yeah. all want fighters to get paid Absolutely. as much money as possible. Um, so taking off my PFL hat and just trying to be a little bit unbiased here, I love the fact um, that there will be six fighters walking away from that event um, with a million dollar check. That's just fantastic we didn't mention this can is on Rory McDonald just signed with PFL yeah absolutely huge signing signing for you guys yeah Yeah, I'd like to uh, say that I'm very excited that he's going to be on TSN again Rory McDonald I think he's the best Canadian fighter right now I saw him back in the day he fought in King of the Cage and they used to show the events on TSN years ago years and years ago when they probably paid us to air them (laughs) his debut fight was against Jordan Meehan I I think that that was both of their debuts there's a tape out there of that fight I think he's 16 he's 16 at the time yeah Jordan is Jordan, where, was, where was Jordan this year? He's still an active fighter, still isn't he? Fighting? I don't think I saw him on the, in the USADA pool as of late. I might have to look into that. Uh, there, there's a guy got my, you got to look into. Got my, uh, my, my thinking Mean. cap on. Walter uh, Champion 2020, Jordan Mean. Where? <laughs> where? <laughs> Which organization? Uh, anyhow, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, same time next year. And uh, we look forward to some great mixed martial arts action in the year 2020. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.